Hey everyone, welcome to Ruin Hammer, uh, season two, episode 26. Thanks all for joining us. Welcome to my co-host, uh, Rob, Warrior Roo. How are you, mate? Good evening, everyone. I'm doing well, mate. Um, I'm recovering nicely from my sprained ankle and I'm just sitting here waiting for Paul Green to get on the blower and uh, give him my call up. So, so I'm all ready to go. <laughs> Uh, I, I just sort of ripped the band-aid off yeah. and get straight into it, mate, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I um I thought you I I, I wasn't gonna say anything about origin, mate, but uh now that I will. Uh, <laughs> now, now that it's been brought up, we yeah, may as well get it into it. <laughs> it is. Um mate, well speaking of origin, actually, yeah, um, we're excited to have our very special guest tonight. Um you might want to bring him in, mate. We'll bring him um, right in. Let's get into it. Yeah, tonight's guest. Uh, he played 241 games for our Warriors over 12 seasons, which included 44 games over two seasons at the Warriors. He's a grand final winner, a state of origin player, and a fan favourite during his time at the Warriors. Um, we're pleased to be joined by Warrior number 86, Kevin Campion. Hey, Campo, thanks for joining us, mate. G'day, boys. How are you? Good. What, why have you got your mask on, mate? Oh, mate, just, just in case you guys sneeze through the computer. You never know, what, you never know what's going to happen with this COVID over here. Know, you, can't be too, you can't be too safe, can you? I know, <laughs> mate, I've got to get that off. Makes me sneeze. Where, where do you live now? Are you on the Gold Coast? Mate, just, yeah, at Palm Beach on the Gold Coast. Yeah. So you're in, you guys are in lockdown as well as us uh, Sydney boys? Yeah, we're in lockdown, mate, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah until Friday night. Uh, hopefully, just until Friday night. Yeah, I think we've got two weeks. I think we're two weeks uh, down here. Um, yeah, Saturday week. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, well, you deserve to be in lockdown. You oh, <laughs> it started already, mate. Yeah, no, it? Wow. I was, you know what? I was going to take it easy on you tonight when we spoke about Origin, mate. But uh, um, yeah, know. no, <laughs> it's it's on for young and old now. <laughs> well, mate. Well, Campo, thanks heaps for joining joining us. And um, before we dive into your career. Mm. Can you give us your thoughts on this season's Origin Series and in particular the struggles of your uh, and our beloved Maroons? Oh, look, it swings and roundabouts. Look, uh, you know, we, we've had some uh, um, terrific years uh, over the last, you know, you know, 10 to 15 years. And, you know, I think it's New South Wales time. And, and uh, they certainly showed uh, from that uh, first game up in Townsville that they're, you know, they were ready to play and we, and we, we definitely weren't. After last last year's series, I thought, uh, you know, the boys were full of confidence and, and would come out um, come out firing, especially in front of the hometown up in North Queensland. Uh, we actually got uh, invited to go up to the game and and uh, and parade ourselves around um, uh, around the field before before kickoff. So that was the guys who are from the North Queensland region who'd represented Queensland. So, ah, cool. Yeah. So we had uh, names like um, Kerry Boasted, Steve Jackson, um, Jamie Goddard, um, yeah, Russell Bowden, um, uh, Johnny Doyle. Yep. And look, plenty of plenty of old Queenslanders there. And uh, yeah, look, the atmosphere was um, electric and it was unbelievable on the night. But just, yeah, we just didn't fire. We just, uh, yeah, look, look, we were, I think we were just uh, running off last year's uh, win and I thought we just we thought we had to turn up and and we just win the game, but yeah, look, it was uh, disappointing for the fact that um, you know it was the first time in North Queensland and such a a heartland uh, yeah uh, region of of rugby league. You know, that's uh, for me for me growing up um, 
all I wanted to do was represent, you know, my town, Serena, and the, and the district, Mackay, and also play for North Queensland. So, yeah, in that regard, it was a bit disappointing. And, uh, you know, I thought after that first game, you know, got, got the cobwebs out and going into, you know, especially at Lane Park, uh, you know, the, um, you know, just a, such a great atmosphere again. And, you know, everyone's, you know, getting behind the Queensland side. It just, yeah, just wasn't working. And we, we were just disjointed and didn't look like we'd been playing together at all. But, but full credit um, to, yeah, New South Wales. You know, they're, a, they're an unbelievable side. and They've yeah, got an abundance of talent in that back line, haven't they? Oh, not just in the back line. They've got a really hard uh, in-sync working forward pack. And yep. um, you know they they and that forward back gives that uh, those halves a lot of time with the ball, um, time to make decisions, and you know a lot of time to um, you know just with ball in hand. And it was just um, it was you know it was like uh, like a an NRL side playing against a, a Queensland Cup yeah. side. You know we were that far behind uh, what they were doing, and and we were lost. Like, you could see, you know, we, you know, we we're in the stands watching, and you could see either side of the playing left or right. You know, you, you've got um, Munster on the left hand side and Daly on the right hand side, and they, you know, one was over calling the other, the other was over calling the other, and you know, Munster was throwing his hands in the air, and you know, it, it obviously looked like the uh, McCulloch just had, didn't have a clue who to give the ball to. So yeah. it was disappointing, and but you know. We've had our day in the sun, and yep. I think, um, especially uh, you know, uh, the coach. I think he's learnt, um, you know, how to build a, a great team and uh, and a great culture. And I think they've 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 worked it out. Uh, and we've had that for so long. And you know, I remember going to games at um, Suncorp, you know, through the with the fogs and not even worrying about, you know, just just drinking, not even watching the game, knowing that we were going to win. <laughs> going to win, yeah. Knowing that we were going to win. So, yeah, good luck to them boys, you know, they, yeah. and they deserve it. And the great thing about it, they're, they're a good squad. They're not um, arrogant or, you know, they're just not an arrogant side um, of yesteryear where they used to be. You know, when they were beating Queensland in the early 2000s by 50, you know, they were arrogant, throwing bombs, grenades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. That type of thing. They, they're yep. just, they're, they're not that side, you know, and I... Um, and I wouldn't expect that from, uh, I, and I've known Nathan Cleary for a long time since he was a, a young boy um, from yep. our time in Auckland. Mm. He's just, and I know his family, they're just, they're not that type of people. So good luck to them. Mate, um, whilst we're on the topic of origin, you made your origin debut in the 1997 Super League Tri-Series in that mm. game two win over New Zealand. Um, yep. What was that like getting the call up to play origin uh, and describe your memories of that game? Yeah, look, I, at the time it, it was unbelievable. You know, I, you know, I just thought um, playing for Queensland was a pinnacle, and um, you know, it, it was a separated competition with the Super League and the, yep. and the NRL. So, um, and not being not being um, dirty, but you know, a bit dirty, but that it wasn't recognised as an origin. Um, and I think those those um, it is you know, to the fans, though. It is to the fans. Well, it, it, it should be, but, you know, it, it's not. So I've only played four Origins, but I've played six games for Queensland, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, amazing. Like, I, And I played, and the first time I got to uh, meet Wayne um, Bennett, who was the coach at the time, and, and some great players. Look, we had uh, Peter Jackson as our manager, 
Uh, we had Gary Boucher over there as well. It was just, you know, such a great time just to be around those type of, types of guys. Um, it was just unbelievable. And, you know, we played we played the Tri-Series. We, we beat um, uh, New Zealand in um, in Auckland. Yep. And, yeah, so, it, but it was a, still a, a bit of a wait to um, see if we were going to make the final uh, because I think, um, New Zealand actually beat the, the the Blues, so it was like a for and against sort of thing that we we scraped into the final against the Blues. So that would have been a bit of a a bit of a kick in the bum for Queensland. But yeah, yeah we, got, we got in the grand, got into the final, and we played it at the you know the old uh, QE two QE two stadium, stadium, yeah, yeah. And uh, it went. I think it was the longest game in history at that time. Hundred minutes, yeah, hundred minutes, and Nolly yeah. Goldfall was a mate of mine kicked. <laughs> Kick, kick the field goal, so we couldn't believe it. Yes, but you know, it was just a amazing experience and great to be a part of. Oh yeah, I was, I was just going to ask you about that game because that's one of the most memorable games of probably the modern era. Because it's just because it was such an epic encounter. Oh, it went on, went from, on. It just yeah. went on. The, I, mean, yeah. I think Paul Green came close to winning it for us there and just missed out. And then uh, it was your 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 former teammate Noel Goldthorpe finally kicked the field goal yeah. right there to win twenty three twenty two. Yeah, I think I had a chance to charge him down, but I just couldn't be bothered. I was just uh, I just <laughs> hoping the game would game would stop. And they, you know, I didn't, we didn't care who won at that stage. So it was just a, it was epic. Uh, was you sure. um you found yourself in that Origin Wilderness for a few years uh, before you were selected for Game One of the two thousand one series, um, becoming the first ever warrior uh, selected to play State of Origin. Uh, originally selected at lock, you found yourself starting at hooker. Uh, how did it feel to get back into that Origin arena? And was there much hype over back home in New Zealand of, over your selection uh, as the first warrior selected to play? Oh, look, yeah, it was amazing to make the to make the side. But yeah, I don't think there was that much hype over in New Zealand at the time. I think, um, I think that was 2001. I think the, the warriors were sort of a, not not an embarrassment, but you know they were they weren't highly thought of in in New Zealand sports. So, um, and we were competing against the rugby. So it, it was like my time in Adelaide uh, when I played for the Rams. You know we were competing against the AFL, and you just don't realise how much of a hold they have on um, you know a city at um, yep. when you're there. Uh, I think you were, we were competing against the Crows and uh, the Port Power had just come into the into the competition. The Crows won the flag that particular year we were there. So, I mean, we didn't get much uh, rugby league coverage. And it was a, a bit similar when I was over in New Zealand. We um, were sort of the poor cousins of... of, of um, the All Blacks. Yeah, yeah. Well, just general, general rugby in New Zealand. They were just... Yeah. Awesome, you know, there, there was six, I think, six sides at the time, and we were competing against those sides, but they were so passionate about it, you know, it was like a religion um, because the All Blacks were so strong, and uh, yeah, it was very hard to compete against. And but you know, you know, I uh, there was uh, it wasn't um, it wasn't lost within the Warriors um, organization, you know, they they, mm. they obviously we celebrated and um, yeah, being the first. Uh, Queensland or, or a state of origin player to represent um, um, the Auckland Warriors was uh, or the New Zealand Warriors was um, fantastic. Yeah, was was your selection at well starting at hooker? Was that to protect uh, a young John Doyle who was on debut in that game? Was that was that the idea behind that? Or well, it, it, it shouldn't have been because Johnny was a very good player. Like he was, mm. he was a very skillful uh, and very good defender. Um, 
So it, it shouldn't have been. And, and, you know, I was playing um, definitely good football at, at, at lock forward at that time. So I was a bit disappointed that Wayne threw me into that, uh, that role. Um, but, you know, you take, you've got to, um, you, you'll play anywhere if play you, anywhere, you want yeah, to play, exactly. play Origin. So, um, look, I, I wasn't, um, I didn't, you know, I didn't blow up or anything, but, yeah, yeah. you know, I w- would have rather played at the lock position um, as I was at, um, I was playing at, um, at, at in New Zealand. So, yeah, it was just one of those things that Wayne thought that uh, I had the experience. It wasn't a very good dummy, I'll tell you the truth. I couldn't pass that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so uh, whoever's, uh, yeah, whoever's at, um, it would it might have been Lockie, or I don't know who it was, playing at half or five eight. Yeah, they didn't get a good ball from me, that's for sure. <laughs> you, you played all three games in that 2001 series, and mm. you, you, again, you had the series decider back at the QE2 Stadium. There yep. must have been a very proud moment helping Queensland to erase the memories of that terrible 2000 series whitewash that um, we suffered back in 2000. Yeah, it was, and it was really it was it was talked about as well. Like Choppy Close was our manager, and uh, I think he was there in two thousand when uh, I think Brian Fletcher threw the grenade, and you know all the boys yeah. played up, and yeah. it was really embarrassing and really really kicking the um, bum for um, Queensland. But you know, to be beaten by fifty, you, you've got to cop it on the chin. So we we had no sort of comeback for them. Um, but you know that was certainly in the back of our minds, um, and it was. You know, we, I think we'd lost, we'd lost uh, Gordon Tallis in that last game, and 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 we were lucky that uh, Wayne, um, you know, brought back Elfie, and yeah, yeah we won yeah, this, right. which, which was fantastic. It was unreal yeah. that moment. Just um, just quickly, I'll just digress. Um, for everyone that's watching, keep getting your questions through on the live feed. I can see them there, and uh, we will get to them uh, during the course of the, the chat with uh, Campo. I'm glad um, yeah, 2002, you're selected for the series opener at Stadium Australia, mate. Uh, again, in the 13, but they play out of position in that nine again. Yep. Uh, Queensland have beaten 32-4, and this ends up being your last game in the Maroons jersey. Yeah. Um, it must have been disappointing not to play the remainder of that series, but at the same time, you see your club mate, PJ Marsh, get the call-up. So that must have been a, a bittersweet moment as well. Yeah, it was. And, and PJ certainly deserved it. He was... He's certainly one of the best hookers that I've, I've definitely played with. Um, should have went on to represent Australia, but he probably, you know, he uh, had a, a major injury and and sort of yeah. cut his cut his sort of career short, shorter than he, he would have um, hoped for. But uh, yeah, mate, he was um, he certainly made a difference to our team back in two thousand and two. He he was so quick, so skillful, and his, his defence um, was unbelievable. Um, for a little guy, he he, he could whack him. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, mate, let's let's go all the way back to the start. You mentioned your uh, North Queensland days before and being up there with the former Origin players, the greats of North Queensland. So you, you did you grew up in far North Queensland. Um, yeah. Tell us who you played your junior rugby league with. Yeah, look, I'm from from a little uh, town just south of Mackay called Serena. So, but, but um, it's a it's a cane, cane sort of growing area. Um, a lot of uh, mining now, uh, but but also a railway, um, you know, area as well. So, if you wanted to play uh, rugby league in Serena, you you generally worked on the railway. And uh, um, you know, the father of Serena Rugby League, Alpha Abdullah, he was uh, the main instigator of that. He would um, he would pull 
you know, players from all over Queensland to come and play for Serena. But uh, one of the one of the re reasons you had to go there and play that you, you worked on the railway. Uh, but that would give you sort of some leeway. You, you know, you'd get uh, time off work to train, and and you know, you'd finish work early to get to training early, and and football would sort of basically ran the the whole town. And uh, the, the Mackay competition at that time was very strong, and. And uh, not only the Mackay competition, but the the regional areas, Mount Isa, Townsville, Cairns, uh, Burdick and Whitsunday. Um, and that consisted of, the, it was a competition called the Foley Shield. So that was that was a, a really big uh, competition in North Queensland at the time. And so to represent, um, obviously make your, your A-grade side in Serena, then represent Mackay to play Foley Shield and to win the Foley Shield was a, like a massive achievement back in those days. The um, the region has produced so many great uh, players of the game. You must have played with or against uh, some of those great players in your junior days. Can you... Oh, oh look, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but if you look back, you're going way back to our junior days. Um, you know, we used to have a, a like a round-robin competition up in Townsville and, uh, you know, you'd there was... You know, so so I was in the under under thirteens or fourteens, and so there was Gordon Tellis in the under thirteens. There was Jamie Goddard in the under twelves. There was, you know, players like um, Johnny Doyle. They were, they were playing there, and uh, Johnny Buttigieg. Mate, there was Denny Moore was a, another one who represented Queensland. You know, they're, Wendell they're all Sailor? Like, when the Wendell, Wendell, yeah, Wendell, Well, I yeah. played with Wendell in Serena. So yeah, and uh, you look not only Wendell, but I, uh, you know, whoever. Uh, I didn't play with Dale Shearer, but I, um, he represented Serena as well and, and Mackay but, and Martin Bella. So uh, there was a lot, lot of Bellas from around the area that um, either played for, you know, Mackay or North Queensland. And there was a, you know, uh, and their cousins, the Flossies and their cousins, you know, there was just, mate, it was just a, a, so many players that um, I even play with um you know, Dane Gay Guy's uh, dad uh, to win oh, the 91 yeah, right. grand final. So that was Ray Guy, Ray Gay Guy. And uh, Ray was an exceptional player. Um, you know, you talk about how good Dane is, but, um, you know, being an old head, I, I, I would have thought that, um, Ray was a, a better player and, you know, one of the better players that I played with. And he, he obviously, um, he went down to the Brisbane Broncos and didn't work it out work out for him and then he came up and represented North Queensland. So, yeah, look, it was so many great players that I played with. I know um, uh, Daly Cherry Evans, you know, um, his old man was captain coach of Serena for a, a long time there. And I know, yeah. I know Daly um, played for Serena as a young kid. So we always say that Daly's from Serena as well. Yep. Yeah, nice. Well, you made your way down to the Gold Coast and you make your first grade debut for the Seagulls in round two in 1993 mm. against the Illawarra Steelers in a close yeah. five to four loss. Mm. Um, how did the move to the Gold Coast Seagulls happen um, for you? And what was the week, what was the lead up to your debut like? Um, and it happened, um, I, I went to the Gold Coast Seagulls. I, I trialled down at Western Suburbs at the, the end of 91. And I had made their under... 21 side so I was I was trialing for the under 21 side so I drove down to Sydney um to trial and then I, I drove back up back home and then I then I so I was I was just basically on my way down to um to start my career in western suburbs in Sydney and I and um and there was a 
an old mate of mine in Mackay, Butchie McCauley's name was, and he, he'd been in touch with Grant Bell, who was uh, now the the under 21s coach at um, at Seagulls, and Belly basically said to come in, come there before I went down to Sydney, uh, come and have a couple of games, trial games with us, and we'll just see how it goes. And uh, look, I went there, and the first day I got got to see, oh, look, I, I didn't even know who these Gold Coast Seagulls were, to tell you the truth. I, uh, <laughs> I, I've never followed them in, in the rugby. I didn't even know they were in the, in the league, in the, uh, you know, New South Wales competition. So, but I, all we, all, all of us Queenslanders, um, Growing up, we you know as soon as the Broncos came into the competition in '88, we we followed the Broncos. So didn't we didn't know who the Gold Coast Seagulls. Were. So Jamie Goddard and I arrived on the same day. So we'd walked. I'd walked into right. the admin um, office at uh, Seagulls, and Jamie was sitting there. I'm going, "What are you doing here?" And he's going, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> and uh, anyway, they they put us in a, a little unit along Kennedy Drive, going you know going down to Seagulls, and you know we. We trained hard and worked our butts off for you know the next six weeks, and we both made the the under twenty ones um, uh, squad. So that basically kicked us off. You know, I think I look back and uh, you know I, I really you know, look back at how like because because Jamie Goddard was uh, like a fitness uh, freak. He was yep. he was miles ahead of everyone else. He would run to training uh, and then he would run home home after training. He was just a freak. So if I, I thought to myself, if I could keep up with this bloke, I'm, I'm a chance. You know, get my fitness up, and um, yeah, thank God it worked out for me. The um, that '93 Seagull season is a tough initiation into first grade, mate. Um, yeah. The team wins one game all season, which was a round six game against Newcastle. Mm. Uh, that aside, what was it like to be coached by one of the immortals of the game in Wally Lewis? Well, well, again, you know, when we rocked up to. The Gold Coast. We didn't. I didn't. We didn't know that Wally was even um, the coach. Um, you know, Dale Sherry was uh, is my um, cousin. He's he was married to my um, uh, my 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 cousin who's, who's passed now. But yeah, we. I didn't even know Dale was even there. So he, he must have signed during that. And you know, that's how oblivious we were to the whole situation there. But when we got to training, there was. You know, obviously the king was in. We're just going, oh my god, the king! You know, just all just awestruck. And then yeah. Randy was there, who I knew, which was great. Uh, Steve Jackson, Peter Gill, you know, uh, Brent Todd, you know, who, who was a great Kiwi. Um, then you had players like um, Ray uh, Ray Herring, who was a, a great um, a Broncos player as well. And uh, you know, Clinton Moore, those, those types of guys. You know. Yeah. And so it was a really good squad, um, and it was a really it was a great uh, environment to be around. You know, the King was uh, was just unbelievable. Belly was our under twenty ones coach. We did, you know, we spent a lot we spent a lot of time with Belly um, that first year, and I learned a lot about uh, rugby league. And uh, you know, we, we'd go to training. We'd have to be there three times a week, so like a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But we'd we'd, we'd start at five, but we wouldn't get out of the, the, some of the sessions until midnight. So, and then we'd have to go and work the next morning. So you'd just be exhausted the whole time. It's just, uh, but it was, you know, it was a learning curve. And, um, you know, that first, that first year in under 21s, I probably learned more than I did in the next, um, that was 92, I mean, yep. more than I did in the next, you know, three or four years that I did in um, playing first grade. Well, the 1994 season, 
your Seagulls produced what was considered at the time to probably be one of the greatest upsets in NRL history, defeating the Broncos in, in, a big, in front of a big crowd at Carrara Stadium out there in round two. Um, you score a couple of tries in that game as well, um, which happens to be your first tries in first grade. So how do you, how do you remember that game? Oh, maybe we... I can't remember much after the game, but I. Um, <laughs> funny thing, we we had we had the, I think it was the Gold Coast Indie weekend. Well, it was it was definitely, oh. and uh, we had we had about thirty or forty thousand uh, dollars, thirty forty thousand people at um, Carrara Stadium, so it was packed. Um, not only to see us, but obviously down there for the Indy. But we beat the Broncos convincingly that night, and uh, the funny thing is, you know. We had beaten the Broncos, but they still got um, carted around in the like a cavalcade parade, uh, parade against uh, around the indie track, like rock stars the next day. And, and uh, we were still, I think, we were still on the drink. To tell you the truth. <laughs> oh man! Um, Ninety-five proves to be that the final season for the Seagulls in the uh, then ARL competition, and yeah. you on a contract with the Super League competition during that year. Tell us how that evolved for you. Yeah, look, if, yeah, you've got to understand, uh, you know, when you, when you, in the early days, and it's not like it is today, look, like we, we you know, we, we were sort of um, pioneers, you know, bringing rugby league to the forefront uh, back in those days. And, and Super League was a big thing um, for that, for that movement, you know, the players weren't getting um, much money. Uh, I, I know that, you know, my first grade, first first grade contract, I, I was on a thirty thousand dollar contract, but I had to play twenty games to get the thirty thousand yeah. dollars. So if I miss, if I, and they were run on games. So if if I, if I didn't, if I got eighteen um, run ons and two reserves, I didn't get any money. So. That's just how it was, uh, and Matt's payments didn't mean a thing because we didn't win any games. Yeah, so <laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't much um, going for us back then. You so, won one. You won one game. So one, yeah, look, my first first grade ga- uh, first um, year was uh, I was on that contract thirty thousand for twenty games, and I played nineteen and two reserves. Would you believe? And they weren't going to give me my money. Oh no, no. So. <laughs> So um, luckily, um, you know, everything sort of worked out and they, they signed me um, the next year, the 94 season, for $30,000. So I didn't have to worry about playing the 20 games yeah. together. So uh, when Super League came along, it was it just, it, you know, everyone thinks there was a Super League war and AF, uh, ARL versus Super League. But, you know, the players were just uh, desperate for um, the money that they deserve. Basically, yeah. you know, we were training three or four days a week. Um, and, you know, we were training, you know, three or four hours a day. Um, so, and we had to, we had to uh, go to our gym sessions in the morning. So we, we had to complete that and then have to come back in the afternoon and then, you know, three or four, th- three or four hours of training then. So, you know, it, it was sort of semi-professional, but we weren't getting professional money. Um, so when Super League came along, um, a lot of you know, you know, a lot of the fringe players like myself sort of jumped at it. We, you know, we got offered um, some really good money. We got offered a, a fee, you know, like a thirty thousand 
um, sign-on fee just to sign on. So it's just going, happy days, how good's this? I'm, where, where do I sign? So And then you, yeah. you got your 120 to 150 to $180,000 um, um, yearly fee, which was great. Look, it just changed the game, changed the, the whole landscape of the game. I think as fans, though, we, we don't, like, when you think back to that Super League and the ARL thing, uh, and, you know, they call it the Super League war, but mm. I think the war was played out in the media between the, the oh. governing bodies. The players themselves, I don't think any fan begrudges any player signing for either Super League or ARL, wherever they're yeah. going to get their most value from. And the players didn't begrudge any of the other players for signing, you know. No. It was just, like you, you had guys like, um, you know, there was... There was guys who were very passionate about it, like you know, like Newcastle for one. You know, they were definitely, definitely RL supporting, but mate, uh, they were only looking after their own own, and uh, they're only looking after themselves at yep. the end of the day. So, mate, that's just how it was. So, but it, you know, and today, you know, the, the players of today should, you know, um, should be reminded that um, what those players went through to to get to where they where they are. Uh, today absolutely yeah yeah well unfortunately the seagulls ended up folding at the end of that 1995 season um you played your final game for the club against the western reds and uh the very the very last game for the seagulls was a 14 all draw um against the north sydney bears mm. um how do you look back on your time at the gold coast seagulls it was the best like of most of my um great mates are from the the old seagulls days and Certainly more in contact with those guys than uh, probably at any other club that I, I, I went to. Because, you know, the, we're only kids and um, we, especially the 92 um, season, my, fir my, my first season there, we had a great under-21 squad um, and we're all great mates today. You know, we all go, you know, it's great. It's great going, going to the reunions that, um, you know, and I've got a lot to go to, but uh, the Seagulls are... are um, you know, they're probably the best ones to go to because, you know, we just have such a great time and a great laugh. That um, that time period in the lead-up to the ARL and the Super League split, um, as I said before, was a pretty confusing time for players and fans alike. You find a home at the St George Dragons for the 96 season. How did how did that all come about? Well, I'd signed, I'd signed Super League. So, and, um, so <laughs> in the Super League, so when you're putting your... Um, your preferences down to where you wanted to go you know I wanted to go I wanted to go back to North Queensland I wanted to go to the Broncos yep. um, or I wanted to go to Canterbury so that, that, that were my three choices so they, none of those sort of came to fruition so I, I they, and they sent all the discards sort of down to Adelaide or Melbourne um, oh sorry or, or the Western Reds yeah so we, we really didn't get a choice so you know all the fringe players sort of got posted um, down to those areas, but um, so we, we went down there for the preseason and uh, and we lost the we lost the court battle and uh, we had to we had to go home. So I, I actually went back down uh, back to the Gold Coast uh, under the Gold Coast Chargers banner, and I basically you know I, I really didn't want, I needed a change. I didn't want to go back to the Gold Coast. And uh, one of my great mates is Adrian Brunker. He he'd signed with. Um, with St George, so and he he had a, he had a word to uh, David Waite and and Waite gave me a call to come down and and uh, yeah so so I, I jumped at the chance and I uh, yeah had the 
one of the best years, you know, if if I had a club um, that, you know, early in my career that I really, really wanted to stay in, it was um, St. George because, you know, so many great blokes there, you know, not only the players were, you know, some, some great players that I played with, but, you know, Mark Coyne and Anthony Mundine and Nathan Brown and Troy Stone, you know, Jason Stevens. We had, yeah. Um, yeah. We had uh, you know, so many good fellas there that were just, you know, terrific blokes and um, so welcoming St. George. And the history behind the club, you know, winning 11 uh, straight premierships was just unbelievable. You know, you go to those uh, the old boys days, and uh, we go back to the club, and you know, you know, we'd all stand, you know, we'd, we'd uh, all the old boys had come back, and we'd be in the in the in the area having having um, dinner, and then the old legends would come, like Norm Prove and all, and Johnny Raper and Reg Gasney. You know, they, yeah. We'd all stand up and revere them as they walked. Yeah. In. just unbelievable, you know. Yeah. Um, Billy Smith, if he was allowed in at the time, so yeah, <laughs> so it was just unbelievable. Great, just a great um club, but more so the players, you know, um, who were just fantastic, just had a really good time. Yeah, well, you got on really well on the field as well that year because you went on a massive run and yeah. you eventually uh beat Hammer's old team, the North Sydney Bears, to qualify for the big dance. Um, but you came up against a red hot manly team. Um, how do you remember that crazy run to that nineteen ninety six grand final, though? Yeah, it was a bit crazy. Look, we I think we were, you know, we were just um, running midfield um, with a, with you know ten games into the into the um, competition, and we just got in this uh, mad run, you know, and and we won eleven out of our last um, twelve to scrape into the final. So, um, and then you know we beat Canberra, and then we beat. North Sydney, then we beat the Roosters um, to go into the grand final. It was just unbelievable. Um, you know, and, you know, I um, mentioned players before. We had Scotty Goulet and Dave Barney, all those types of guys, you know, just great old old stages that, you know, mate, you just had to be there just to really appreciate uh, rugby league because these guys were just, you know, it was, it was, a, it was just such a joy going to um, training every day and listening to the banner um, the boys would just copy. We we had a goose of the week every week, and and uh, there was a I think it was um, Dean Raper. He was our fullback at the time. Right. I, I reckon out of out of the twenty two um, um, proper games that we played during the year, he would have got a he would have got a got goose of the week twenty one times. So, <laughs> and I think I got the I got the the other one. <laughs> the other one. <laughs> you won. Uh, yeah, go on, mate. No, 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 all good. I was going to say, you line up for your first grand final that year. Um, unfortunately, you go down to the Seagulls 20-8. to eight. Mm. Um, How do you remember that game? And, and can you tell us, because uh, we, we have guys on on the show and they talk, talk about that that, leak, that week leading up to the grand final, how it's how it's just a blur. How, what was your first grand final week experience like? Yeah, it's a bit like that. Um, like there's a lot of uh, activity going on during the week. So, you know, we've got the grand final breakfast and lead up and you've got to do functions here and functions there but yeah we we probably didn't handle the the grand final you know I've played in four grand finals and and, and that one in particular stands out we because we changed a few things on leading into the grand final how we were going to play for one which we really didn't have to 
I think coaches overcoach sometimes, and uh, you know they think they once they're at you know, at the big dance they they think they can be smart and and do things a bit differently. And we didn't have to. We you know we we played a brand of football. Um, leading into the, you know, to get us there. And all we had to do was play that sort of brand um, to get us over the line. But, you know, not taking anything away from Manly, they were, a, you know, a really good side, you know, they're the best defensive side in the competition at the time. And they were hard to beat, you know. So we were on the back foot basically straight away. I think we decided to do a short kickoff, which we hadn't done all year. Um, and that's how we started the game. And basically they were on our... You know, they were attacking your line after five tackles and, you know, we we're on the back foot straight away. So, you know, grand finals are funny. Um, and, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that I, I experienced more grand finals because uh, that first one was really disappointing for me um, because, you know, I just, it goes so quick. You just, uh, and you can get lost in the, the whole week, you know, leading into it and you can, you can listen to out, outside influences and and it, it really sort of um, takes over. So, yeah, you've got to be very careful when you, you know, it, it wasn't until I got to the Broncos that I, I, I learnt um, what was really needed to, to win a grand final. Yeah, well, after the disappointment of the grand final, the, uh, the Super League competition eventually does kick off in 1997. It's mm. a year that probably no, no rugby league fan will ever forget because of the, the split competition. Um, so eventually gets the green light and you make your way to Adelaide of all places. Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned it briefly before um, to play for the Rams. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that whole experience about the, the excitement, I guess, that would have been there being a brand new franchise from the Super League? Look, and, yeah, look, it was exciting. Uh, and Adelaide was a beautiful city to, to live in. And we had some terrific um, players down there who who's still, you know, great mates today. Um, and that's a great thing about traveling around and playing at six clubs, you, you meet some wonderful people. But, uh, you know, we, we just didn't have um, the, the coaching now um, that was uh, needed for a new club. Um, and yeah, we look, we struggled uh, on the field, um, definitely on the field. And, but it was, it was difficult to compete with um, the AFL down in, in Adelaide uh, as, as Melbourne have, um, you know, so many times over the years, you found it difficult to compete with the AFL over in Melbourne. So, it, look, in particular, it was it was difficult because you know the Crows won the won the flag in '97, '98. So, yeah, two years uh, that the the Adelaide Rams were there, that you know they were they were just fighting an uphill battle against the AFL. The it, it was interesting before because you mentioned that uh, when the Super whole Super League thing came about, you listed the three clubs that you wanted to play at, but they send you to Adelaide. So I'm yeah. assuming when you signed your Super League contracts, you you didn't actually sign to a club. You signed to no. the league and they told you where to go? That's correct, yeah. Look, wow. and, uh, look I, I had no bargaining power. So, look, I, I was coming from the Gold Coast Seagulls, remember, so I really didn't have any um, bargaining power at all. So look, I was happy to go wherever at that time uh, for the money that they'd offered me. And, you know, it was just, but I really enjoyed my time in Adelaide. You know, we, we bought a house down there and uh, um, had a you know, and I would have loved to have stayed uh, in Adelaide, uh, but it wasn't to be like the, the, 
the um, the coaching staff at the time didn't uh, feel that I was um, you know a good fit for the club, and and luckily I I was able to get out of that contract. Yeah, as you said, luckily sanity prevails. The powers that be reunite the competition, and yeah, uh, for the '98, and you depart the Rams, and you end up at the Brisbane Broncos. Mm. Um, how did that come about, mate? Well, I'd, I'd, I'd made the, the the Super League uh, side that year, and uh, and Wayne Wayne, um, you know, sort of, you know, I've, I've built up a really a, a fond relationship with him, and. I was confident enough to give him a call for advice, and I, I was at I was in Adelaide, and I just I, I rang him one night just to get some advice and see what he thought. Um, you know, what not 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 even contemplating about going to the Broncos, just to, for advice about what I should do with my contract negotiations with Adelaide. Yeah. And um, I told him what was going on and and how they, uh, you know, basically what they were doing and what they thought of me and. Um, he said, "Mate, I'll give you a call back," and and uh, we sort of he devised a plan for me to get out of um, out of that contract, uh, and the plan was that uh, that I do a player swap with Noel Galthorpe, who was at the at the Hunter Mariners. Yep. And uh, and Wayne knew that the Hunter Mariners Mariners were going to fold, so I would go up there. Goldie would go down to Adelaide and Goldie and I still laugh about it because Goldie and I are pretty good mates and I always give it to him about going to Adelaide because it was, it was the worst thing he ever did. Anyway, um, yeah, so I, I went to the Hunters um, and I was only going on what Wayne was telling me. So I was thinking I was going to the Hunter Mariners, but I was ringing um, Graham Murray, who was a coach at the time. I was saying, Murray, because I was on the Gold Coast. Way down, I said, most what do you want me to do? Do you want me to come down and start pre season? He goes, No, no, you just start there, no dramas. We'll, do, we'll you know, I'll send you some programs. And uh, so, uh, you know, obviously, he knew something was going on. And next minute, I um, I get a call from Wayne, he said, oh, Look, the hunters folded and uh, welcome to the club. <laughs> and I said, well, Happy days. I was yeah. no gold salt sitting at Adelaide. I'm, I'm, I'm now going to the I'm now going to the Broncos. One of the, one of the three teams I picked that which I, which I um, wanted to be, um, you know going into the Super League um, contract. Jeez, well, what a fruitful move though, because you find yeah. yourself into in a team that many regard regard as probably the greatest club side ever assembled, mm. chock full of rep players left, right, and centre. You must yeah. have been pinching yourself, uh, finding yourself in that team. Yeah, look, it was it was um, unreal. It was it was you know just but you know I it was I was not under no illusions. I had to train really hard and make them. I, I was not guaranteed a, a, a spot in that side, you know, and I I had to basically um, you know I trolled. I didn't even troll with the A grade side, you know. I tried trolled with the with the feeder club and uh, and Wayne. Wayne brought me into the onto the onto the bench for the first game, which was which was great, and and I, I so I don't I don't think I, I ever left the team, which was great. I played a few run-on games that year, but you know just to be a part of that side was enormous. You know, just yeah, the quality of players, you know, playing with Elfie and and yeah. Kevy was was just unbelievable. You qualified for your second grand final in '98, um, hmm. and you spoke of it before. What what? Um, what lessons did you take away from your previous experience a couple of years ago when you were at St George, in preparation for this one? Yeah, well, Wayne sort of, um, you know, kept things really simple. 
um, and he and he made sure every player knew their job in the team, and that's all you had to do was it was concentrate on your own job, and not get out you know not uh, do anything out of the ordinary that you you think you should do to 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 win a Clive Churchill medal. So as long as I I played my role in the team um, and I did it, did it to the best of my ability, um, you know that's that's all the team needed, and you know history shows that. You know, out of the two, out of the three years I was there, we won two grand finals. Yeah. Two grand yeah. finals. You know, under that, um, you know, under that really basic game plan. Well, you you score a try in that game, although I'm still not sure that you actually got the ball down there. Uh, looking back on it, <laughs> but, but it, it turns out to be a massive win for the for for your Broncos over, over a very plucky Bulldogs team that year. Um, it must have been pretty sweet, though, to finally be on the other side of the ledger this time after uh, the defeat of '96. Yeah, well, you, you, you know, from a kid from North Queensland, you never dreamt about playing. You know, you're what you, you know, everyone would love to have played in the grand final. You know, looking back at those Sydney grand finals when I was, you know, when I was ten years of age, you know, supporting Canterbury, um, you know. It, wouldn't you love to be there on that day? But you know, you never thought that was going to happen. Um, it was just unbelievable. You know, it was something that you know, to play in one grand final. I never thought I'd get the opportunity to to play in another after that first one in '96. You know, and and a lot of players don't get to play in it, in a grand final. So I'm very fortunate. Um, you know how it sort of how my cards sort of played um, during my career. So. Yeah, it was just unbelievable, and um, but it, you know it took. We didn't do it that easy uh, you know, on the day. Like Canterbury uh, gave it a good good crack, that's for sure. And uh, we we actually didn't. I didn't think we would be playing Canterbury. Um, that year, you know, yeah. Parramatta was our bogey team that year. They'd beaten yeah. us, I think, in the first semi, um, and you know we had to do it do it the hard way. We were the minor premiers. They beat us up in. They beat us at, at um, QE2 Stadium, and we really had to, you know, uh, come back and and give it our all to get there. And well, I thought that we would be playing um, Canterbury, uh, sorry, um, Parramatta. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, look, yeah, look, the rugby league gods sort of looked at, um, down on us and gave us a, a good run, and uh, we got away with the win. Well, the rugby league gods continued looking down on you, mate, because you had a couple of really successful years at the at the Broncos. There, you um, again playing in the two thousand grand final, uh, yep. beating the Roosters fourteen to six, um, and that again that two thousand team was something pretty special. Uh, must have been an awesome uh, part of your um, career that you look back on fondly, playing in the the successful Broncos teams. Yeah, it was it, it, was, it was unreal, mate. I I think I played. I think I played, you know, 80 out of 82 games that I, I that I'd, I'd been a part of in at um, in three years. So I, yeah, it was wonderful, and I played with some great players. And uh, you know, you know, to play with players like Darren Lockyer and Gordon Tellis and and Wendell Saylor, um, who was a, you know, when I was when I was 19, Wendell was um, making his debut for Serena as a 16 year old. So. Um, you know, to play with players like Andrew G, Johnny Plath, you know, Mick Hancock, Steve Renouf, you know, <laughs> um, 
Alfie Langer, Kevin Walters, you know, it's just some, you know, it, you know, you just don't get those experiences. No. Um, you know, I, I can only, I can only compare uh, the 2002 side um, to that of wonderful talent to that um, to that you know 98 and 2000 side because um, you know there were some special players in both sides that uh, I, I, I loved. Yeah, it's oh, interesting to hear that comparison. Yeah, awesome. Um, it, after the 2000 season, though, you end up playing uh, for Ireland in yeah. the World Cup, despite having a French surname. Um, <laughs> so, you, so you won, uh, you won three of your four internationals. So, yeah. how was you? How was your first taste of international footy there? That was great. Look, yeah, look, we, uh, I, I, I got, I got, I got off um, asked to play for um, France as well, and uh, but I, I, I knew, I knew that the, the Irish side was. Um, had plenty of Aussies in that side as well, so I decided to play. And and you know, under the grandparent rule, um, I've got heritage in Ireland. So yeah, it was great. We had a wonderful time over in um, over in Ireland. We, we we went to Spain first, then we went to Ireland, then we went over to England. Yeah, we won three out of the four. We won our three um, um, competition round games, and yep. and we lost to England in the in the quarterfinal. I think it was the first time that. The Irish side had made the quarter final, mm. so it was really special, you know, to play England at Headingley in England, um, and it was, you know, it it was jam packed the the stadium, and there was a lot of support for the Irish that night, and uh, I'm I'm sure a lot of you know the um, people there were um, were rooting for us, and yeah, unfortunately we didn't come away with the win, but we gave it a good crack, that's for sure. You um you clearly didn't enjoy the uh, cold weather over in England because instead of staying to play in the uh, Super League for Warrington, uh, you find yourself in New Zealand as part of the newly born New Zealand Warriors. Um, tell us how that came about, mate. Well, again, again, um, you know, my old mate Wayne Bennett. I, I rang him up. I said, "Mate, this is freezing. It's freezing. <laughs> I think it was the worst worst um, weather in four hundred years. Would you believe?" And um, I said, "Mate." I'm not bringing the kids over here, like, because my 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 young son Austin, my eldest son, um, was suffering from from croup in Brisbane. So, oh, okay. you know, the weather's very mild in Brisbane compared to England. Yes, I'm thinking this this kid's not going to last over here. So, he said, oh, "Leave it with me." So, anyway, he gave me a call back within honestly 48 hours. He said, "Well, I think um, you know, I think there's a, a deal at the Warriors for you, but." What you have to do, you've got to ring um, Daryl Vanderbilt, who was a coach of Warrington, and you've and I've been on the drink with him, like <laughs> with LP and Gigi and um, and the boy at at Daryl's place. So he hosted a night there for us, and and I drank all of all of his beer. So anyway, I had to ring him, um, you know, two days later, and just said, "Mate, I just can't come over. And it's a it's a personal thing, it's a family thing, and." I got a release, which was great, and um, best one of the best moves of my career. Yeah. Well, absolutely, was well, one of the best us. things for our club, mate. Yeah, yeah. for our club, because <laughs> you arrived there. And the, previously, the, the Warriors had almost folded at the end of the two thousand mm. season, only to be uh, rescued by Eric Watson and rebranded as the New Zealand Warriors. Yeah. Um, what was what was your first impression um, when you arrived at the club? Well, my first impression, I got picked up by this um, bald-headed big guy um, 
and he, he, you know, he was taking my, myself and my manager out. And I'm thinking, geez, Owen Gittenbells, he was just picking me up. He's taking me out to breakfast. But it was his buddy, Mick Watson. Mick Watson. <laughs> yeah, he, would up, he was, he, yeah, it looked like he had just come out of the gym. He was, you know, you know, high five me, act, acting like a, you know, like young school kid. And I'm thinking, Jesus. I'm thinking, <laughs> And, um, yeah, and uh, I'm thinking, oh, out of ever last. We we always have a laugh, man, Mick, about the club at that time. But look, but it was it was certainly um, a time where, where they were re- rebuilding. Uh, if you if you remember back then, you know we had the we had the the old facility across the road at um, oh, I can't think Beasley Avenue. I think it's called. Yep, that's it. Beasley Avenue, and uh, it was just a like a large like tin shed. And I had um, all of our weights in there, and the officers, and and uh, I, I remember the carpets being so bad in the in the admin area that they they bought in um, just a, a bucket of paint, and they just rolled <laughs> they, they rolled a new, a new color straight over the top of it because because they couldn't afford they couldn't afford to replace the carpet. Good, good as new, perfect. Yeah, but they had this dirty they had this dirty ice bath out the back, uh, and it was I, I don't think they were water had been changed since 95 and um, they made us they they used to buy these bags of uh, like these blocks of ice and just throw them in there and that was our ice bath so we just have to go in there and and you'd come out like you go in there i'd go in there you know and jump in i'd, I'd come out with a complexion like Clinton tuby i was i was so you know dark basically it was the water was that dirty um Hepatitis shots all around. Oh, it was terrible. But, you know, that, we really appreciated it. Um, you know, we trained, again, we trained hard. Um, and, uh, yeah, fortunately enough, we, uh, we, we were under some uh, good coaching. And, and yeah, we uh, we made the finals that year. Yeah, you, you had made your club debut uh, against in the loss against Canberra at Mount Smart Stadium. What were your impressions and memories of playing your first game at home in front of uh, uh, the Mount Smart Faithful? Oh, it was, it was great. Look, I, I, there was no expectations, which, which is a great thing. So I think they were, you know, they were, they were, if we won, fantastic. If we lost, you know, it was just, you know, good to be there and, and witness it. But um, which was a great thing. There was no pressure. Um, but, you know, when we when we did get start winning, and and the and the crowd started supporting us, um, the especially the Auckland Auckland City crowd, um, it was unbelievable. That going to Mount Smart Stadium for a, a for a team, you know, for an away team coming into the stadium, knowing what they're up against, it was it was really um, a bit daunting for them, and it reminded me of the Broncos. You know, we we just knew we just knew. Um, especially 2002, because um, we didn't lose many games. Um, we just knew we were going to win, and it was such a good confidence, uh, knowing that uh, I didn't know how the other t- <laughs> we would laugh. You know, I remember at the Broncos at QEST Stadium, but when the the away team came um, came um, past us, to they had to walk past our sheds, basically, or, or where we were warming our warming up sheds. To go and warm up themselves, and we we're up. We we're basically in there high fiving each other, just joking around, and you could see the you could see the fear in their eyes walking yeah. past us, just going, yeah. they're, you know, they're up against these boys, knowing that they're going to get beaten by fifty. And we had that, 
we had that um, sort of aura about us in 2002. Well, 2001, you, you were named as co-captain alongside the little general, Stacey Jones. That must have been a huge honour for you. Yeah, it was a bit of a shock and um, something that I, um, you know, I really loved doing at the, at the time. Um, you know, it was, it was just to be recognised by your peers as, you know, um, as, as the captain of the club, which was really nice and uh, sort of uh, took me a while to to sort of um, warm it warm to the sort of the, the captaincy. Uh, I, you know, my first first few months playing um, in Auckland in, in, uh, for the, the Warriors, it, it, it took a, a while to find my feet. I, I, I struggled with how they how the boys played and how they approached the game, and more, more so how they how they played. And, you know, it was a, a lot of. Um, you know they did. They didn't want to. They didn't didn't want to do the hard work first um, to beat teams. They didn't want to get get into the grind or or um, you know things like that. So it, it was something that I wasn't used to. I knew I knew what we needed to do um, and how, how to win games. But you know, it took a while to sort of convince some of the boys to. <laughs> I remember. I just remember being on the field. Some you know some got just screaming screaming at guys just to. You know, not pass the ball. You know, just <laughs> go down with it. Please go down with it. You know, just be patient. You know, and um, so it took me a while to, you know, to uh, get my head around being a captain and and how to approach the games because it was, well, the skill the skill level was unbelievable and it was something, um, you know, I'm I'm trying to give you an idea of, you know, we had some, certainly some great skill at the Broncos, but these guys were just off the charts. So, yeah. Yeah. Just unbelievable. Everyone had skill, you know, even the front rowers were trying to be five eights. Uh, I remember Jerry, see uh, you, you know, chipping and chasing. I just, mate, I'll just <laughs> go, stop, stop. We're not going to win games like this, you know. If we do this, if we do this, we, you know, just keep on doing this, you know, grind, 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 grind. And then at the end of the end of the um, you know the later stages of the game, we'd we'd roll over the top of them with that with that beautiful skill. It's funny you should, you should mention that because that that season, that two thousand one season, we did struggle to get repeat wins. Mm. However, the club did have this innate ability to produce massive comebacks, um, particularly against the Bulldogs, Seagulls, yes. and the Panthers. Um, and you've just touched on that. Was that a confidence thing within the squad that they could come back from anywhere? Or was it just that, you know, I'll give Ali Lautiti the ball. I'm sure he can do something pretty magical. And, you know, Jerry yeah. with his uh, chip and chase. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we just we just didn't, um, you know, we, we didn't want to work hard to to for the win. You know, we wanted to beat teams. Um, on flair. On flair, but not yeah, put in the hard work, you know, yeah. and it's just not um, how you how you do it, you know. You have to, you've got to stay in it to to win it. But um, yeah, we 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 did everything <laughs> we could just to, oh, mate, just do my head in. It was just it was <laughs> tough. It was really tough, and you can, you know, you you can interview the boys that were there, and, and you know they laugh at um, how I used to scream at them, um, but it was just. Uh, you know, it was just something that I just really found it difficult to deal with. 
I can imagine. There's a few of those boys doing impressions of you on that 25-year documentary about you going oh, after them. <laughs> Body Beatham does a good impression on me. <laughs> I, think, I think the great Stacey James does a good one as well. Stacey, yeah. we'll, have to, we'll have to get him to do that sometime, eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, I knew my place in the team. I never roused on the little general, that's for sure. No, no. Well, one of the most memorable wins that we did get in that 2001 season was the very first win over the Broncos, mm. uh, 13 points to 12. Yeah. Um, first time the club had ever beaten Brisbane after being the, our initial uh, rivals from round one back in 95. Um, yeah. What do you remember about that momentous game in Warriors history? And it must have been good to get one over your old team. Yeah, look, I, it, was, it, it was, you know, I, and I didn't realise how special it was until, you know, probably a couple of years later. Um, because because I, I remember, you know, being at other teams, especially the Seagulls or, or St. George, everyone, you know, tried to get themselves up to play the Broncos, but uh, to never beat them um, and the first time to beat them, it was, it was something special and... But we beat them at their own game that, that night. You know, we, we played a Broncos um, type style of play. We, we, you know, our forwards did the job. We, you know, we completed our sets. We did everything right. And um, we kept in the game and, and uh, kept ourselves in the game with just some really good hard football. Yep. And um, I think we learned from that uh, particular night um, what we needed to do and set ourselves up for the, for the following, you know, for the remainder of that season and also the following season. Yeah, well, that, that season, we go on a bit of a run at the end of the year. We win four games in a row and then have a draw over Melbourne, mm. uh, which secures us a, a spot in the finals for the first time in the club's history. Yeah, We dropped the, the last regular season game against the last-placed North Queensland Cowboys. And yeah. instead of finishing sixth, we finished eighth, set up a qualifying final against uh, Red Hot Parramatta side. I think it only lost four games all year that year. Um, yeah. You put that, that Cowboys loss down to just the inexperience of the squad at the time and... Relax, like relaxing on their merits, like the, we've we've achieved it. We've made this, the finals, and that's yeah. Enough. I think that the the confidence was riding high, and um, you know, it was something that the club had never experienced. Making knowing that we're in the finals, yeah. Um, from that game against um, the Cowboys, um, yeah. Look, we celebrate, but we we celebrated hard after that um, that that uh, Melbourne. Draw. I think we was it a draw or we won? No, you, you hung, hung on. We just hung on. Yeah, yeah we hung we, on for we, a draw, and we, but we were in the shares, mate. We were we were pumped. You know, we we knew we'd made the finals for the first time, and yeah. and um, funnily enough, I I, I tore my ham, hamstring the next um, week against the the Cowboys, and I didn't play in the in the. But I think it was probably the excessive alcohol that I consumed <laughs> the, the Melbourne game. It was it was one of only a, a number of occasions that um, Ando let us have a drink, and yeah, we really we really partied hard. And you know, full credit to us because um, you know the first that was our first time making a um, top eight. So yeah, unfortunately, we were up against one of the you know best sides in history. Um, no, yeah, you know, history shows that they didn't win a grand final, but they were the greatest, one of the greatest uh, sides to win a minor premiership that year. 
yeah it was i guess it was a victory in itself for us just to get there and everyone was just wrapped to finally yeah. make the the finals yeah. which brings us then to 2002 and we obviously go into that season on a high and as you mentioned before just such a great season 19 wins and eight losses mm. um this is something we talk about a fair bit um in the show is like getting the balance of the squad right mm. and um so were there any indications in preseason that you'd probably finally found the right mix of uh, the young local talent and the youthful exuberance um, with some um, seasoned veterans in the squad as well, like yourself and Ivan Cleary? Yeah, it was a great mix. Um, you know, I, I think um, I think PJ Marsh coming um, to that yeah, side yeah. made a, a huge difference. It was certainly... You know, unfortunately, um, you know, Monty uh, did his cruciate that, that early on in the season. And and I think PJ was either 5'8 to um, Stacey. And then he, you know, they then Ando moved him into the in, hooking role, uh, which made it just a huge, huge difference. He had a, like a beautiful passing game and he was so quick and but such a good, good defender in the middle. Um, and we had some terrific players like... Uh, and you know, players that don't get a mention um, too often is you know players like Johnny Carlo, yeah, who was, um, yeah, of course, uh, was a very good centre, but very solid and big and strong, and but he complemented Clinton Tupi um, on that left edge, and and then we got uh, you know we had Ali and Arwen and and we had you know we had we had some wonderful players in that side, but you know you can't get a better player than Stacey Jones, you know I I do put him up there as um, you know one of the you know, I didn't. I didn't play at Test level, but um, you know, he's certainly one player that I love playing with, and um, it had a huge impact on that team. That's for sure. That um, that season, round seven to round fourteen, the club goes on an eight-game unbeaten streak, which is still a club record to this day. Uh, yeah. What do you remember about that mid-season purple patch of form, which really had us hot on the heels of the ladder-leading Bulldogs at that time? Yeah, well, we. <laughs> You know, look at that deal. I think we beat the Bulldogs. We were only one of the one of the only teams that beat the Bulldogs, and we and we, right. we, we didn't um, have any fear over the Bulldogs. Um, and you know, until the sort of salary cap sort of scandal, we didn't realise. You know, you didn't sort of look much into it. But I, you know, I thought we had their measure. Um, I thought if we got to the grand final and we were playing the Bulldogs, we we would would have beat them. So. Um, yeah, we were one of the only teams that didn't fear them. I think they feared us more than uh, we feared them. Yeah. Uh, we were, we were such a hard like our forward pack was was uh, dynamite. You know we, you know Jerry C C who led from the front front and Mark Tupi, um, you know big Toops and uh, Arwen and yeah, Logan. We had a, as our second rowers and and PJ was just unbelievable. He was just uh, you know you look back at that grand final. Um, you know, I think the turning point was when you know Ando took um, PJ off off the field. You know, uh, I think he had a bit of a head knock and and uh, he was taken off the field. So it sort of changed the game for us. Yeah, that that Bulldogs game was moment, uh, momentous for a number of reasons. It ended their fifteen game winning streak. Um, yeah. As you said, we were the, we were the first team to beat them. Um, that was at a Mount Smart, and we won twenty-two to fourteen. And as you said, it put the whole competition on notice. And I yeah. think shortly after that, they ended up getting stripped of all their points, yeah. which, which yeah, was yeah. pivotal in Warriors' history as well. 
So you, you can describe, can you describe the feeling after that of coming, the confidence that the club must have taken from that victory? From that victory, yeah. And we beat them up. You know, we didn't, it wasn't a flashy win. It was like a, it was a, a grind. And we, oh, I remember just grabbing Willie Mason and grabbing his hair and, and jam, jamming him, you know, and, and you know, yeah, I won't tell you what I said to him, but <laughs> it was one of those things. That, but that's, you know, we were, we were hard inside um, by that, by that game. That's for sure. And, uh, we're well on our way to, to uh, a grand final. Following that game against the Bulldogs, we faced the Broncos at home in a tough fought 18-4 win. And the game is etched in Warriors folklore because of your on-field stoush with your former Broncos teammate, Shane Webke. Um, what do you remember about this moment and in your career? And is it true that Big Webby is still filthy on you for that? <laughs> Webby is still filthy. filthy. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a memory like an elephant, the big thing. He just won't let it go, I tell you. Um, well, he shouldn't have got on his ass. <laughs> yeah, look, I, what I do remember, I, I, I remember leading up to that tackle um, that I remember Brent Tate, uh, who was only a young kid at the time, I remember him sort of taking a swing at me and I'm thinking... Uh, and I, I nearly put one on his chin just like moments before, like it's only a couple of tackles before um, uh, the tackle I, I put on Webby. And so I was really, really angry leading into that tackle on Webby and and Webby got a bit, um, yeah, he, he got a bit, you know, he, he overreacted and punched, well, I, I thought he punched me and then I, I started swinging and, but yeah, look, it was, it was funny at the time. And I, I went into the sheds after, after the game and, and, the boys, like the, because good mates with a lot of the boys in, in that. Um, I think Gordon Tellis was even playing at the time, and yeah. that was a big hooray for me as I walked in, giving it to Webby. So, anyway, we sat beside each other, had a beer, and um, yeah, got on with things. <laughs> <laughs> no, he patched it up. That's stays on the field. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, history shows, as I mentioned before, that the Bulldogs end up losing all their competition points. Yeah. Um, at, and then we had the round 26 game against the West Tigers at home, which, which ends up earning us the minor premiership that year. Yeah, yeah. Tell us what that was like for the club to receive the JJ Gilden Shields um, in front of the Mount Smart faithful. Oh, look, it was fantastic. It was a lot of hard work um, in a short period of time, mind you, um, you know, to, to come from basically cellar dwellers in 2000 um, to a minor premiership two years later is, is, is unbelievable. But and and you've got to I thank a lot of player uh, you know people in that club um, Eric for one uh, who 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 bought the club um, gave gave all the you know uh, decision making um, things of the club to Mick Watson I think uh, and Daniel and and Kempe and and all the coaching staff you know they did a, a, a wonderful job in a short period of time. Uh, and the players, like you know, you, you don't get to that, you don't get to that um, minor premiership without players like Stacey Jones or Ali Latiti or, or Owen Guttenbill or, or um, you know Logan Swan. Um, yep. they, they were the players that um, sort of built the club. Had been there for a long time, and you know it was great to see them have success as well. We um, we played the Raiders in the qualifying final, uh, winning thirty six to twenty uh, to earn the week off. Uh, Tell us what it was like to play in that first ever finals game at Mount Smart. You don't understand the the crowd at Mount Smart. It was just, um, you know, I know they built that new stadium um, 
you know, I'm not sure even what they call it these days. What do, what do they call it? Well, it's Mount Smart now. I think it was Ericsson when you it was got Ericsson. Ericsson Stadium. Ericsson. It was Ericsson. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So, and, and they didn't have the new stadium then. I, and uh, man, it was unbelievable. It was um, unbelievable. I can only imagine the first game there in '95. How how what the atmosphere was like and yep. um, to beat them and the crowd was so you know the the crowd's so close. Um, you know they're right basically on the on the um, on the sidelines, so uh, you could hear it. It's funny when you when you look, but you know, being a spectator now, um, so going to an Origin, um, and you're watching the players, you know, and the crowd, how they react to, um, you know, certain things. Someone might make a tackle, big roar. Someone does a kick, great kick, big roar. Someone scores a try, big roar. You don't sort of, you don't get that when you're a player on the field. You, you can, um, you, you know, the crowd's there, but you sort of don't. All you can hear is your teammates, and yep. so it's really strange. Um, so when you, you know, looking back now at, at a career, and uh, I wonder if I wonder if the crowd did that for me when I, you know, if I made a good tackle or if you know I didn't score many tries, but if, but if I scored a try, something, you know, things like that. Absolutely, but, they did. Absolutely, and, um, they did. yeah. It's, um, it's funny, yeah, when you when you see that, but um, and how how the crowd reacts, but there was nothing like. Uh, being so close, you know, yeah. And my favourite um, Graham was always seagulls down at um, down at um, Tweedheads. It was, yep. you know, it was there was only fifteen thousand people there. They're, they're right, right on you. Yep. Um, and yeah, Ericsson was exactly the same. But we after that game against Canberra, we earned a week off and we yeah. played the preliminary final against the Sharks, which is obviously one of the greatest, most memorable victories in club's history. Yeah. Um, we've had we've had big tooks, Justin Murphy and um, Clinton Torpy on to discuss the game. But um, what were your memories of this this famous game? It was a tough. It was a tough um, slog. You know, it was um, it was just a, a it was forward back versus forward back, and and we um, luckily on the day we, we we got over the top of them, and and that's how we won it. I think um, you know I, I talk about. You know, changing, changing um, how the way you play. You know that that game against the Sharks set us up for the grand final, got us into the grand final, yep. and that's the the brand of football that we needed to play to, to beat the Roosters. Yeah. Um, because it was a, you know, that's what we we're all about. We were we were a forward pack um, who who were, you know, we we're an ugly forward pack who who could um, beat up other 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 teams. Yeah. And um, and the, our back line was certainly flashy, but you know, they we couldn't they couldn't we couldn't win games unless our our forwards did did the job. There was an iconic picture of that aftermath of that game with yourself and uh, Jerry C. C. arms raised in the air, um, looking at the crowd. That was my well, back in the days when you know first computers came out. That was my desktop. Um, yeah, mine too. So long, mate. So That's long. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, actually, it was Jerry's head that gave me seventy stitches that that, that particular day. So <laughs> he opened me up like a uh, like a watermelon. Jeez, you did have a habit of bleeding. Um, oh, but that 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 one that I I, I got stitched by the doc um, um, after the game, obviously, and he said, "This is um, this is like uh, like like stitching a like a a patient." Who's just been in a major car accident? 
Well, Jerry's a big man. <laughs> well, my, my forehead's still numb. I promise, I promise you. It's still numb. Yeah. Um, yeah, what, what was it like when the squad returned home to New Zealand, having qualified for the club's grand final? And did your previous grand final campaigns with the Dragons in Brisbane give you that knowledge and grounding to, to deal with the hype of the week leading up to the game? Yeah, it did for m myself. But, um, a few of the guys sort of uh, were got a bit overawed, and you know, love, you know, playing up to the media, and you know, probably took it a bit too far. And you know, when you look back, I, I, as a, an elder, elderly statesman in the side, I probably should have you know pulled a few heads in. Um, you know, you can celebrate, um, but you know, there's nothing like celebrating with the ring on your finger. Yep. That's for sure. So yeah, look, um, but every everyone you know has a different week, and everyone you know, as long as you you know focused and know your job and not listen to outside influences, um, you know, still pisses me off, boys. Too. <laughs> oh, us, um, it's it's us off too. Us too. We we feel you, every, <laughs> we were writing it all away. That's you know, of all the. Grand Finals. Um, I, I, you know, we definitely had that team to to win, and you know, it's um, it's even worse because I know, you know, who, if anyone deserved a bloody Grand Finals, buddy Stacey Jones, that's for sure. Yeah, grand yeah, Final, mm. yeah. Will we'll agree speak, with that. Yeah, speaking of Stacey, he scored one of the great Grand Final tries though in that match. Um, it was yeah. a fairly close contest for the first 60 minutes. What do you yeah. what do you remember about that first sort of hour of play in the game itself? Because I think we're leading, weren't we? Eight six. Eight six. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but we weren't playing. We weren't playing the hardened football that you know we were, we were doing things out of character that got us there. Um, you know, we we were trying to be. We were trying to be flashy, and we and we were doing. Uh, you know, we we're passing balls that um, basically weren't on and, and didn't need to be passed. All we had to do was grind, 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 and 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 again, you know, beat that side. You know, we we're, we're just a, a bit impatient, which was um, not taking any way anything away from Stacey Stryer. It, it was one of the great grand final tries you'll ever see. But um, you know, it's like the old Ricky Bobby: if if you're not first, you're last, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's one of those old sayings, and um, you know, it, still pissed off, boys. Oh, yeah, you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> how long ago was it? Seventeen years. How, how long ago was that? Years. How long was it? it was like Almost twenty now. Twenty yeah. twenty years ago, nearly twenty years ago. Yeah, nearly twenty nineteen. Yeah, we had um, Big Tooks on yeah. the show last year for a chat, and he told us that it was actually a Wairangi Corpu elbow that opened up Freddie Fittler's head in the grand final, and not. Uh, that Richard Villasanti tackle, which everyone's thought for the past, you know, 19, 20 years. Yeah. What are your memories of that momentum changing incident in the grand final? Cause that, that was the thing that probably lifted the roosters to play that, that last 20 minutes and, and run over the top of us. Oh, look, I just think, you know, awareness is a, is one of the things that you need in rugby league. And, you know, for Freddie to kick a 40, 20, uh, yeah. you know, I think, you know, I won't mention his name, but it, you know, our wingers, one of our wingers should have been aware that, you know, that that could happen and, and make the effort to get there and and uh, stop that ball from going out. So, yeah, it's just one of those things. 
bloody wingers. You'd rather play with eleven. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of there's a, a lot of stories that are told regarding that grand final, and um, one in particular involves you and a smashed tape recorder. Um, can you can you put those rumours to bed now here and now and confirm or deny that this ever happened during that famous uh, halftime speech or infamous halftime speech? Oh look, I've only just recently found out who was the uh, instigator behind the, the infamous tape recorder um, halftime speech at the two thousand two grand final. So I've always thought it was um, uh, the coaches doing, but it wasn't. So. I won't go into it, but yeah, I wasn't happy with uh, w- with what was presented to us at halftime, and and uh, you know, you've got to understand that. Say one Ivan Cleary, who's played you know twelve seasons of rugby league at that stage of his life, his last last year of rugby league, and uh, you know, to have a like a a tape playing to motivate us at uh, halftime is just unbelievably bizarre so yeah, it's something that <laughs> even last year in, in the even last year because Ivan and I was obviously still good mates and I, I, I messaged him um, uh, last year in the grand final uh, you know the week leading into the grand final I said I hope you've done I hope you've done that mock commentary for the half-time speech before you... done a bit of recording. Yeah. (laughs) You know, just, you know, but, you know, to... That's his only grand final, mind you. Yeah. For for that to happen is just bizarre. You know what I mean? So so I'm not going to say if if it was true or not, but, uh, yeah, it was true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Because yeah. we we've been told conflicting stories. We were told yeah, that a lot it was of different buses on the, bus, on the yeah. bus going to the game. Uh, then it was at half time. Um, and the one that we always hear is that it was at half time. You've done what you've done, and then you've pretty much given a bit of a uh, half time speech to I the players. To, tried to get the yeah, but look, look, it didn't have any. Um, you know, at that stage, I think uh, we came in at half time and. I think we were up, you know. You know, we may have. I think Stacey might have even scored after half time. I'm not sure what. what we were up, I think, eight, eight six at half time. I at half time, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah just well, after half time, we're up eight six. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Look, it's just one of those things that I've never, you know, I've never experienced before. So, in the in the three previous three grand finals that I played in. No one's bought a, a tape recorder in and left it there and pressed play. I bet no one's done it since either, mate. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, was cool. you, it was you guys playing the Broncos or something, wasn't it? So it wasn't. It, it, it was like a more commentary. It was like the Warriors. It's like, and, it, and it started like, "Welcome to the 2002 Grand Final: Warriors, <laughs> Warriors versus the Broncos." And then it just went through this mock, um, unbelievable, like the, the, the 2000 and what is it, the 1994 State of Origin try? You know the. The miracle try. It was like oh, the Mark Coyne try, yeah. Yeah, blokes in the in the in the shed celebrating. I'm going, I couldn't get to the tape recorder fast enough to throw it at the brick wall. Uh, in that um, in that uh, 25 year documentary that the Warriors did, they they spoke about how uh, in the lead up to the grand final, uh, Billy Idol was practicing his uh, pregame entertainment while yes. the Warriors were. Well, the Warriors were were like doing their captains run or captains something. Run, so, right. 
So the Warriors are pretty much the only team that actually <laughs> We heard him. That's <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Yeah, we were the only team that sort of uh, got to witness his... Um, and, he, and it was good. It was bloody good. That yeah. Is it oh true Henry, Far, uh, Henry Far, Feely was up on stage with him at some point? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> uh, everyone says that. Yeah, it was probably Henry. Yeah, you never, <laughs> if it was anyone, it was probably you never Henry. never know with Henry. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> um, the 2002 um, season is your last at the Warriors. Uh, and you, you know, play two seasons for the club, and, and you return home to the North Queensland Cowboys for 2003 and 2004. How did that move come about? Were you always going to leave the Warriors at the end of 2002, or did you want to stay on? Um, yeah. No, so I, I definitely wanted to stay on, but there was no contract to that was offered. So, um, so we never took part in any uh, any contract negotiations. I just knew that. Um, well, I had a feeling that obviously the club um, didn't didn't want me, so I had to look elsewhere. So, which is um, really look a, a bit of a shame. I just thought I, I might get you know an extension or you know even two more years. But look, yeah, look, I think they had um, they thought with the success they had that they they had the players to replace me, and and um, certainly they were, yeah, they thought they were on the right track. Geez, we've made that mistake before. Yeah, that one plenty of times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it worked out good for you, mate, because you end up going home, pretty much. Well, I did. Yeah. Look, um, I didn't want to go over to England. Uh, I, you know, there was an opportunity to go over there, and I, I had had that experience before. But yeah, look, I think North Queensland suited me. I, it was a bit of a homecoming uh, for me, um, and they had a pretty good squad as well. So I knew. I knew you know, I was I was going there to you know help rebuild as well. It was similar to the story that I I had when I went to the uh, Warriors. So, yeah, exactly. You know, trying to you know change their um, their training ethics and how they worked and how you know get them out of the get them out of the routine of um, going to you know the mad cow after every game and instead of going home and getting ready for the for the next week. You know that that was the hardest thing. You know they they because it's you know it's such a small community up there. It's only probably two hundred thousand people in Townsville. They were they were they thought they were rock stars, but you know the, again they couldn't win. Yeah. And so, but you know that after every game, win, lose, or draw, they were at the Mad Cow. You know every every night until all hours of the morning. So, you know the great thing about that they they. they um, they had Billy Johnson up there, who was just, uh, you know, he was such, he was so hard. And, um, you know, you knew, you knew, um, yeah, like pre-seasons were the, probably the hardest that I've ever done. Yeah. Especially in that sun, in that heat up there. Oh, just the heat, mate, and just the, and the way he trained, it was just so, you know, so intense. And I remember... My, I was coming from Auckland, you know, a colder environment. And then, um, you know, we played in the grand final. So I didn't have to start pre-season until, you know, in January. So I went up there looking for a looking for a house, you know, for my, my, myself and the family. And um, you know, so I spent a week there looking uh, at different houses to, to live at. And um, Billy, Billy just rings me out of the blue. He said, uh, why don't you come in for a session? I said, yeah, yeah, no. Oh, well, I, I didn't think I had to. So I said to him, I said, I oh, don't know, you, you, you should come in for a session. 
I said, oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, okay, you're coming in for a session. So he's, he, he got me in there and we were doing these bloody super setting things and and um, by the end of it, like it was, it was so hot, it was like 50, degree, 50 degrees. That's like, I kid you not, in there and, and we're just doing these high intensity um, reps and anyway, one particular exercise, it's called a prone hole. So you're laying on the on the bench, you've got the rack underneath you and you're pulling it up. So generally you do 60 kilos. So I was like, I was done, like spent. So I had no weight on the bar and I couldn't get the bar off the rack to, to actually pull it up. That's how, that's how exhausted I was. So I, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, to faint, right? So I'm crawling out outside I kid you not, I'm crawling outside and it's 50 degrees inside, it's 40 degrees outside and I'm vomiting, vomiting on my way out because I'm, I'm bloody delirious because of the session so so hard. So I've gone from 96 kilos at the Bronco, uh, at, the, at the Warriors and I was like battling to stay above 90 kilos. Um, my, my skin fold was bloody enormous but i was battling to stay about above 90 kilos at the at the care wars i we did this one session one uh one pre-season i think it was the 2004 pre-season so we and uh, billy sort of looked after me but we started off these sessions uh pre-season five uh sorry 10 10 tens like 10 minutes on the rower 10 minutes on the runner on the treadmill and 10 minutes on the bike and you work over over a period of you know of, um, of of a couple of months. So the first the first lot is you know three weeks 10 10 tens. Next lot of three weeks is 15 15 15s, and then you build yourself up to one 20 20 20 before you go on preseason break. So I'm on the pre I'm on the 20 20 20, and he being an older guy, he's, he's let me start where I I could. Otherwise, he'd just tell you where you know. So I, I decided to start on the on the on the on the runner, then go to the rower. So this is twenty minutes on the run. So you got a level you got level twelve to run, okay. Then you got you got five thousand two hundred meters to pull in twenty minutes on the rower, at a certain at a certain speed. And then you got a hundred RPMs to ride on for twenty minutes on the on the on the bike. So start on the on the run, and I dehydrate really quickly. So and that's just something. I've always had trouble with so, and I don't, I, I can't drink water, or or I can only sort of drink it like a small amount of power. So anyway, I thought I'd de- I'd hydrated enough the night before to start. So he's got me on the on the on the run at level 12, 13, whatever it is for twenty minutes. Yeah, got through it, just got through it. Anyway, I'm, and I'm start on the rower, and he's got me. Like, I had to row five thousand two hundred meters in in twenty minutes. So you got to you got to pull for for the first ten minutes. You've got to pull for, at one fifty. So it's like it's pretty intense. So so I got the one fifty out for ten minutes, and then I can you know then I I can hear the boys and then come on, come out, you're going well. And fifteen minutes in, I'm just going. I can I can feel myself going. I'm, I'm going out there, pulling, pulling, 90 minutes, 90 minutes, like 18, 18 minutes, Kepo, come on, you're going to make it, you're going to make it. I can, I'm nearly there, I'm nearly there, 90 minutes. Out. Oh. <laughs> I'm out, like, straight off the bat, like dehydrated, four hours, like ambulance, four hours on a drip in hospital. 
Like, he's taken 10, me, 10 years off my life. <laughs> and I'm just going, oh, my God. I'm just going, oh, this is my second year now. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, to, I ring my, um, my wife and I say, look, I, I, think, it, I think it's time I'm going to... Re- <laughs> I'm going to retire. I've had enough, you know. It's just that's how intense he was. Like, but you know, I had him as a as a a young uh, kid when I first got to Seagulls, and that was hard enough. But you know, for anyone who um, who uh, wants to make it in rugby league, just Google Billy Johnson and some of his programs that he he puts on board. Absolutely. Maybe maybe all this explains why you spent 10 weeks on the sideline after tearing your bicep. <laughs> well, you know, he had me. I had, the, I had the operation on the Wednesday. He had me doing arm curls on the Thursday. <laughs> Serious. He had me doing little arm curls. He was doing little arm curls like this to get me bicep. <laughs> and um, I, I, I think it was a, like a 14-week, you know, layoff period, but he had me back playing in, in nine, 10 weeks. Yeah, it was just unbelievable. You finally, well, you did finally make it back on the field um, for the final game against the Sharks. Yeah. It was a farewell after you, you had announced your retirement. Um, tell us how emotional that was for you, especially being home in North Queensland where the journey all started for you. And, and also making that first, the, that was the first time the Cowboys had made the finals as well. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I wasn't emotional, mate. I knew my, my time was up. My, you know, I was flogging the dead horse there. I was uh, just to, you know, you've got to understand training under Billy. It was it was unbelievable, and I loved it. You know, the thing is, when you when you're training at that um, at that um, level, you're always trying to do extras as well. And I think I think the whole culture, um, um, you know, changed. You know, while we were training um, under Billy, I was doing extra stuff getting all the young kids in, like Michael Luck and um, um, uh, Jamin Lowe. They, I'd get those boys in for extra boxing sessions with Billy yep. just to, you know, this is what we've got to do, boys. You know, and it, and it, it proved uh, a master straight for Lucky because, you know, I was, um, you know, one of the main reasons he got I got him over to the Warriors, you know, mm-hmm. because I knew he wasn't going to be playing much... Um, much first grade under the coach there at the at the Cowboys and and I said to um, Ivan who who just been been appointed the the head coach that uh, you know this is this guy I'd really love to get him here he's I think he's uh, he's going to be something special and he was yeah it's no surprise though um, like the two the two eras of the Warriors most successful successful periods uh, when we had two hard nosed Aussie guys locking our scrum one like 2001 2002 was yourself and then when lucky was at the club coming through who mm. do you look at in the in the nrl now as as that guy um that kind of epitomizes the way that you played and the way that that uh, michael played because for me it's looking at a guy like dale for can play the game mm. um just so no nonsense you know hard man straight up the middle uh, how about you who do you liken to your style of play back in the day yeah look i i I would say Dale, yeah, definitely. I, I bought Cordner uh, from the from the Roosters. I, th- I think he's a he's a he's a you know great professional. Sad to see him um, retiring from rugby league, especially um, in the fashion that he has to, you know. Yeah, that's right. When he when he when his uh, career's cut short, which is unfortunate. But um, look, there's a few. I, I like um, Jake 
Travojevic from Manly. I just like, I think he's he's a good kid. You know they, you know they just they love doing the hard stuff. Look, Lucky was, you know he was one out of the box. I I just thought Lucky was because um, I used to room with Lucky and and we became really good friends. And uh, I knew there was a lot more to Lucky than than uh, Muzz was sort of um, giving him credit for. So Muzz was, you know, trying to trying to um, you know, make him into a front rower, but he had a bit, a bit of ball skill, uh, lucky, and he was a you know just a good worker. You know, he'd take that hard run for you and and put his body on the line, and just you know he wouldn't uh, take a backward step. So, uh, but we had a few of those you know guys. who was you know Arwen Goodenbill was you know probably a, you know one of the tougher blokes that I, I knew. Monty, uh, Monty was oh Monty was just crazy, Monty. But um, Arwen, you know Arwen, um, you know. Couldn't even train with us midweek, so he had to get his knees drained. And for someone to be able to play at that level, um, you know, it was just unbelievable. But yeah, Monty was, um, yeah, I love Monty. Um, you know, he was a fierce competitor, um, you know, a bit like me. He didn't, um, you know, wasn't the biggest fella, but uh, certainly, certainly he could, um, he could inspire his team, that's for sure. Hard. That um, back to the Cowboys of two thousand and four, mate. They they, as you said, they made the the final series for the first time in their club's history. But you unselfishly opt not to play in that final series. What was yep. the was that because of the previous bicep injury? Yeah, it was the bicep. Look, it wasn't like Billy. They they got me back to play, you know, so that we could celebrate. Um, one more game with the, and that was the last game. That was the last game of the season proper. So it was, you know, and the, if you watch the game, we, I think we played the Sharks and, um, you know, I was missed a few tackles because I, I wasn't confident enough with, with the bicep and uh, I put my hand up um, before the finals and just said, look, I, I don't think, I think you should, you know, give the guys who have sort of got us here um, more of a go, and, and that's what Muzz did, which was great. You finish your career having played 241 games, uh, two grand final victories, 20 tries, six goals. We all remember you as an unrelenting hard man who would never back down and played with pride and passion. How do you remember your career? How do you look back and remember it all? Oh, geez. Um, well, you've got to. Well, you, we we all have dreams to go on, and and uh, you coming from Serena. Look, we had Martin Buller and Dale Shearer. Um, uh, you know, going on to play for Queensland and Australia. So that's all we aspired to. You know, to do. Um, you know, if those guys could do it, you know, there's certainly certainly a dream there that you know anyone. You know. A young fella from Serena could go and have a go and have a crack. Um, look, I was very fortunate. Even even going to the the Gold Coast, I was very fortunate. You know, of the people I met and the coaches I had. Um, you know, I got I got to um, play reserve grade under Graham Eady. You know, mm-hmm. you know who was one of the the great players of the game. Um, you know. Grant Bell, who was my first 21s coach, you know, he's such an exceptional coach and, you know, should have coached a lot of first grade. But um, 
and Wally Lewis, you know, he, he was my first coach, uh, first A-grade coach. Just, uh, you know, the, the amount of respect we had, you know, all the players had for Wally, you know, such a, you know, you know, such a, a legend of the game and and basically, you know, made state of origin, you know, <laughs> to rock up, you know, on the 4th of January in 1992 at, Gold, at the Gold Coast, not knowing who they were. <laughs> And walking walking out for our first training session, then Wally Lewis comes out and addresses us. It's just the king. Yeah. Just mind blowing, you know. And to meet, you know, to play under to play with some unbelievable players, to to be coached by, you know, the best coach in the world, Wayne Bennett. And mate, I'm blessed, you know, to tell you the truth. I've you know, I've had a you know, I've had a ball. Mate, um, you're always regarded as, as uh, Rob said, as one of the hard men of rugby league. Did you ever consider, and you've, you showed that you could actually throw some punches. Did you ever consider donning the gloves and stepping into the ring after your retirement from footy or when you were playing? No, no, it never, never crossed my mind no. at all. Really? That's <laughs> flat out, no. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, you look at today's players and you think, you, think, uh, you know, you see how big they are and, and how athletic they are. I just can't believe I even played at that level, to tell you the truth. It just blows you away. Um, because, you know, my, my playing weight was only 91 kilo, 92 kilos, and uh, which is, you know, which is very small. It's a, it's a, yeah. it's a halfback, you know, playing as a halfback. So... It is. It was, I just. I think. Um, you know, those first, you know, four years at the Gold Coast sort of put us, put me in good stead. We had to. Pl- you had to play with injury, to. Well, you know, you're playing for not much money, but you, you, to get that money, you had to play with injury. So you didn't want to miss any games, and I, I don't. Um, you know. I don't think I, I missed. Um, you know, many games other than my last, you know, 10 games. I, I, I don't think I missed many games with injury. No. So what has, what's life been like for you post footy career? It's been good. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I've, I've got a successful um, commercial cleaning business and, and a commercial waterproofing business. So it's, um, I've just spent four days out at Emerald, um, just at a, an egg agricultural festival and just, uh, yeah, putting out all of our um, waterproofing products out there. So, yeah, look, it's been good. Like, uh, look, I've, I've done some different things. I've, I've uh, you know, developed some unit blocks. I've developed some housing blocks. I've, I've owned a real estate agency. Um, yeah, look, but my, um, you know, my kids, uh, my, my life, and uh, that's that's what I live for at the moment. Yeah, so I'm, I'm blessed. Uh, you know, my. Back in the, back at my, my first years at uh, at the Warriors, my my two boys were only I think two and three. So now they're you know twenty three and twenty two, and and I've got a daughter who was who was just born uh, in two thousand two before I came back to the Warriors. So she's she's near seventeen this year. So, but it's all about family and uh, and um, <coughs> getting home occasionally up to North Queensland. Yeah, my mum's not uh, too well. She suffers from emphysema and. And uh, yeah, so that's the next trip up there to see her. Fantastic, yeah, definitely kept yourself busy. Um, okay, Campo, I'm going to ask you some questions that we ask all our guests. 
as some quick fire questions while Mark uh, scrolls through some of the viewer questions there as well. Who was who your toughest teammate? My toughest teammate? Um, my scariest teammate, Gordon Tallis. My toughest teammate, probably Brad Thorne. Oh, yeah. Um, Jerry Susu. Yeah. Tough, like ugly tough. Um, Anything. <laughs> we had some, I played with a lot of, um, oh, mate, we had some, like Brent Todd, you know, one of my, yeah, I played in the front row with Brent Todd. Um, <laughs> do you remember, do you remember his <laughs> press conference when he signed with the, I oh, know. <laughs> <laughs> How bad was that? Oh, hey, imagine doing that today. Social media back then. <laughs> yeah. hey, oh, would that would have been his last interview. Yeah, that would have. What, what, what were you really thinking there, Brent? <laughs> uh, he wasn't too far off the mark. <laughs> um, uh, who was the most professional in regards to game prep? Oh. Oh, Ivan Cleary was very professional, I think. Um, Darren Lockyer was very, very. Uh, Mick Devere, I, I would say, would probably. Yeah, I could believe. Uh, yeah. I would say Mick Devere would be up there as the most professional. Um, mate, where else? Oh, I, I couldn't say Stays because uh, we we love it. We, we were rooming in two thousand one. We were. We were roomies together, so geez, he was a good little grog monster. The old stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who was the best sledger? Um, Jace Hetherington was a good sledger. Ooh. He'd uh, he'd throw some when we were in the scrubs. Um, what's it, Josh Stewart? Oh yeah. Just from North Sydney. North Sydney, yeah, North Sydney, yeah. Yep. North Sydney Bear, he, he, he was funny. It's funny in the scrums. I'll tell you, it was a good sledge. It was um, Brett Finch, great, great sledge. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I can so we're, believe that. We'd just been beaten by the Roosters in that uh, major semi to, to go into the grand final prelim, I think it was. Yeah, and we were, and I think um, Luke Rickardson had been sent off in the in that in that game, anyway. We're walking. We're walking off the field, and I hadn't, I wasn't playing. And um, Paulie Bowman, who was playing for us, who was centre for us um, yeah. at the Cowboys, he's, he's had a crack at um, at Finchie. He said, uh, "Well, Rickardson won't be playing next week, will he?" <laughs> and Finchie, as quick as that, as quick as that, he goes, "Neither will you, Blake." <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, he was sharp. Um, Finchie, who, who else was uh, Corey Hughes played for Canterbury? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he used to give it to me about my, my. He used to call me Leatherhead. <laughs> so he was a dirty little mongrel. So <laughs> it's always the hookers, isn't it? Uh, always the hookers, hookers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it probably brings us to the next question: biggest pest. Oh, <laughs> I would say Nathan Natty Woods. Was a, oh yeah, his name was, has come up a fair bit. Yeah, actually. yeah. Up there, he was, man. He was just a lunatic. He, I'm not sure if you've heard the story. He, he broke into my house one time in in Auckland, and just scared the living <laughs> hisser out of me. I tell you, 
I was at home. My, my family was over and over visiting um, rallies over in Australia, and so I was home alone. And I knew Natty was up. You know, he's a bit of a prankster. So I'm um, I'm at home one night, and I knew. So what I did, I I tied all the all the doors together so no one could break in. So I was a bit worried. Anyway, I I'm sitting there watching the TV in my jocks one night, um, and I lived above this lady. Um, we were just renting a place above her down at, um, uh, where was it? Mi oh, not Mission Bay, just about Ramirero, something like, something like that, anyway. Anyway, I, I'm sitting there watching TV and uh, the radio starts going off in the kitchen. So I've gone, oh, I just jumped up. I got up and walked over. There's a there's a balcony there with, uh, you know, all glass and then it, sort of, there's a bit more glass here going into the kitchen. So I walked into the kitchen, looked around, you know, turned the radio off. So I went back and sat down watching TV and next minute the radio starts blaring again in the kitchen. I'm just going, what the hell's going on? So what's going on? So I turned the light into the balcony, looked around, went back into the kitchen, turned the radio off, went back and sat down. Got me jocks on, look, I'm just looking around, you know, looking like an idiot. So I've got the lights in, full, fully like uh, exposed yet. And so anyway, I'm sitting there watching TV, and next minute the insincorator starts blaring in the kitchen. I'm just going, "What the hell is going on? It's poltergeist in this house." So I've, I've walked out, turned the light on on the balcony again, looked at it, turned the, the light in the kitchen, looked at it, went and turned the insincorator off. As I've come around the the corner. Um, all glass, mind you. Natty, Natty Woods, he's got this scream mask on. I was going to say, it's a, a scream. over <laughs> on, and he's just, he's, and he's outside on the balcony, and he's just gone. <laughs> and I, I started, like, I'm crying. I'm nearly in tears. I'm crying. I was, and I started punching. I'm going, no, no. And I, I, I did say crying. That's how scary it was. It just, like, nightmares. So, then I'm I'm going. How good? How good was that? You scared the piss out of me. We went over to um, Ivan's place. So where Ivan used to live at, um, oh down near, down near, I don't know, oh, Saint Helier's, down near, you know that little, oh, just at the back of Saint Helier's. So anyway, he had this. He sort of had this. Um, you know how you've got houses here and you've got the battle axe block and yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so as you walk up the battle axe block, you can see all of Ivan's place, right? So it's all lit up. You can see the. You can see them watching TV in the in the lounge room. His main bedroom's over here. Downstairs is you know dark because no one's down there. Anyway, so Natty in his screen mask jumps on the, on the roof and goes in their main bedroom and does the same. So I'm watching it from the street. So I full light and I can see the family here. Lights in the bedroom, so I can see Natty. He's he's going down beside the bed. <laughs> Anyway, he turns the radio on in the in the in the in the in the bedroom, and I'm watching it, and I'm like wetting myself. I'm wetting myself. That's how funny it was. Anyway, Nate, um, Ivan's come in, jumped on the bed, leaned over, and turned the radio off. Gone back and watch. He's watching TV with the family. Next minute, I'm watching it like it's a full. It's like a movie movie right in front of me. So then he's gone. And he's reached up, turned the radio on again, and Nathan. Little Nathan's come in. Oh, no. <laughs> so Nathan's only four years of age. So Natty didn't know he was coming, but I'm watching it. I'm just going, no, no, no. <laughs> anyway, so he's jumped up with this 
screen mask on and scared the living hell out of Nathan. So Nathan is like nearly, he's gone white with shock and just ran. He's hit the wall, run out to mum and daddy's and he's just screaming, screaming, screaming. He just didn't know what's happened. And I've had to run up to the door, knocked on the door just to settle everyone down because Natty's up there with the screen mask on laying in their bedroom. Oh. Oh, what an absolute lunatic. Mate, it was, oh, and then it just gets better. It just gets better. <laughs> then we go over to Justin Morgan's place. <laughs> oh, I've got to ask Morgs about this. Uh, oh, ask Morgs about it. I will. Uh, oh, mate. Uh, too, much, yeah. too much time on his hands. Oh, Matt, Matt Wood, Matt Wood one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so he was de- he was definitely the biggest pest oh, for sure. Pest. Oh, times, oh. times a thousand. <laughs> but it was just a good bloke. You know, the 2001 um, side, like Natty was just kept everyone amused. Yeah. And that's, you know, that we needed him at the club because he was so funny. He was just <laughs> yeah. a, a lunatic. Uh, well, I don't think he'll be the answer to the next question, but your toughest opponent? <laughs> uh, uh, probably Shane Webke was probably the toughest. Just, you know, what he was doing in the first minute of the game, he was doing in the 80th minute, you know. He was just just a machine. He, there was no um, switch off switch with him. He just yeah. went... 100 mile an hour. He was he was tough. He could you know he took a battering too. He was he was bloody tough. Who was the best trainer? Oh god, that's a good question. Kevy Walters was a great trainer um, when I was at the Broncos. Like Kevy and and Elf and Steve Renouf, they were you know they were always leading from the front. You know it was there was a great culture there when I was there. I'm sure you've answered this one already, but the team comedian. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> oh, mate, he was the best, honestly. PJ Marsh was, uh, he, he tried to be a comedian, but he, he was too dumb. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> he's watching uh, tonight. Uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to get him on now. We'll that. send you the link, you can send it to him. Yeah, <laughs> I've given him a rap now. I've given him, I'll just give yeah, him an yeah. uppercut. <laughs> Complete stitch up, yeah. Uh, who, was the, who was the worst trainer? Oh, like probably Tony Carroll, he'd be up there with the worst trainer. Tons of- great player, don't get me wrong, great player. But yeah, he, he could find an injury, Tunza. Sure. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, okay, questions from the fans. If you could select two NRL players to play for the Warriors now, who would they be? Mm. I know we've got the cryptic questions coming out from the fans tonight. Who would they be? Or... In, in, rather than that, this, in the same question, it says, "What, what do you think the current Warriors lack?" Oh, mate, they need that. They, they lack. They still lack discipline, and they lack. You know, the, I don't think the culture's um, that that good over there at the moment. I don't think. You know, it's just a, just a reflection on how they play sometimes. Yeah. Um, can you please come back and be our assistant coach? <laughs> Uh, they need a new assistant coach, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> Morgs is there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, who was your favourite teammate to play alongside? 
Um, oh, look, I, th I think um, you know the the great winner, the great winners like Stacey, uh, Alfie, Lockie. You know, they're just great winners. I think you put um, Anthony Mundine in that in that category. He was such a good player, great to play with. Yeah. What's your thoughts on Sean Johnson returning to the Warriors? Uh, look, I, I think it's. I think it's. Uh, I think we're going backwards with with Sean there. You know, you know, for him to leave the the Warriors, I thought that was good for him. Uh, it would make him a better player, but I, I don't think it has. So I don't know why we're, we're bringing him back. Yeah. Um, there's a, this is a long-winded question about Darren Lockyer being one of the greatest players. Uh, basically, the gist of it is, what made him so good? Uh, but, he, he, but he, he just, he was just a, a footballer. He just knew where to be. And, you, you know, he, he, and he was so, I think he was so athletic and fast and, you know, so skillful. I think he was just a true footballer. You know, he could read the read the game. Uh, he's uh, very very well, and and he was tough. Like he could play with through injury, and and uh, he didn't. You know, he played. You know, 350, 60 games. You yeah. know, he, he could play with injury, but a lot of those um, games were you know were through injury. Yep. Um, did you yourself have any pregame rituals or game day routines that you kept to? Um, I didn't eat much during, um, on on game day. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to um, didn't want to get to the, you know, go into the game with a full stomach, which, yep. was, which is can be difficult. Um, not really uh, rituals, but uh, yeah. Are we superstitious? Did you like put left sock on first? Uh, no, not really. I just, I just made look. look you know, you learn a lot over twelve years, so you just learn what's what's good for you and what works and what doesn't. Yep. Um, what was your most memorable moment in your career? Oh God, um, the two thousand two um, grand final was memorable. One uh, when we ran onto the field and sung the national anthem, the Australian national anthem, and then. Singing the um, the Kiwi national anthem was was just yeah, something that was really special. Yeah, um, who were your heroes growing up? Uh, Wally Lewis, in, in uh, you know every young Queenslander around that age, you know would, would have revered Wally Lewis. I loved um, you know players like Bobby Lindner and you know the hard forwards like Brian Neebling. Yeah. I love yeah. you know. Those types of players as well. Um, Wally Fulton Smith, I loved him, how he played. Loved his shoulder pads, how, how big yeah. they were. <laughs> um, who was the biggest influence on your career? Oh, uh, look. Uh, you know, I think you learn a lot of, um, you learn a lot off, off other, other people and other players and other, you know, and you, you learn a lot off. Off, um, you know, when when I was growing up, I was always coached by you know mates of my dad or who yep. played rugby league, and and um, you know, and you learn a lot off 
off your mates who you're playing with. You know, I learned how to tackle off all my mates when I was growing up, or you know, some of my some of my mates in my you know under ten side when I first started playing football, you know, could have went on and and um, played in the NRL or represented Queensland. But it's you know that's that's um, how how good they were, but they just didn't have that you know that that um, ambition to do that or that goal to do that. So. Um, I, I had guys like that playing when I grew up too, you know, as um, you know, they had world at their feet and so much talent, but they just didn't have the drive to want to yeah, do yeah. it full time, yeah. you know. Oh, mate, I've, I've got, you know, you know, the best tackler that I knew when I was growing was Michael Kerr, who's a great mate of mine, but he was the best legs tackler that I've ever, ever seen. You probably, you wouldn't see another, you know, better legs tackler, but he could have went on and, and another mate of mine, Clint Gaucho, I'm naming some names that you don't even know, but yeah, him and his brother could have played NRL. You know, if they if they would have, um, you know, just left left Serena for one and and had that um, drive to do it. You know, they're certainly athletic enough to do it. And Best player I ever saw. I grew up playing with, um, grew up playing against Jeff Tuvey and guys like that in that age, that era in junior footy, but the best player I ever saw play and played with was a guy called David Perry, who ended up being Manly CEO um, yeah, during right. the 2000, uh, 2010 to 2015 or whatever it was. Yeah, okay. Um, but another, again, he just, he didn't have the drive to want to, you know, train that much and, and make yeah. a career of it. But yeah, yeah still, still, if, if people ask me who was the best, you know, half five, eight oversaw play, he, he's pretty much it. He was, he was sensational, mate. Yeah. And a lot of people don't want to sacrifice that, mate. No. They're, they're happy to, you know, go down to the pub and have a couple of, you know, skewies a night and, have a smoke and cigarette and smoke some pot, you know. Just that's, a, their, that's their life. A couple more to finish off, mate. Um, what are your thoughts on the current six again rule? Oh, look, I, I just think it's... Um, I think it's... It, it, there's too much of it for one, and, it, and it, it's out of... I think what they should do is just, you know, give the penalty and um, or, or explain... Explain or, or hold hold the play up uh, while they explain what's going on, and then give the six again. Really, yeah. it, it's it's hard just to be up to the discretion of an interpretation from the referee, where you know it differs from what I see, what you see, and the referee sees. So there's three people who see see it all differently, and every but, game's different because it's a different ref in control of each game. So. And that's, and that's you know, that's the thing, and, it, and it's really it's costing teams uh, big time. The yeah. game's so fast at the moment. Look, you know the, the players in the middle, you know they need a break. You know, yeah. don't don't give a penalty. Give six again, but stop the play. You know, you know so people can you can regather, get your defensive line ready to to give them another set of six. It's just yeah, it's too too hard. Final question from me, mate. We ran into you at Magic Ground when you were um, there for the when the Warriors played. Representing um, the Warriors. Yeah. So, question: do you, do you do a lot with the Warriors when they're over here in Australia? Or are you like an amb- in an ambassador role, or do you get to go and watch them play much, or was that just like a one-off thing for Magic Ground? No, I've I've been uh, been asked um, by the, by the owner of the Warriors to you know to. To do a few things, um, he's invited me to his. Uh, he's got a box at um, at uh, the Gold Coast yeah. um, Stadium, so he's. Uh, I've been there with him um, 
Look, and to be asked to be an ambassador at the Magic Round, which I do every year for the last, not last year, but the year before, yeah. um, yeah, it's just been, and I, I love it. You know, it's it's great to be involved and and I feel um, like humbled that uh, the Warriors have still asked me to tell you the truth. Well, mate, you, you're always, yeah, you, you're one of the favourites, mate. It's um, regardless of what era people start watching the Warriors football, you, you've always been synonymous with a really successful period in the club. Um, we just want to thank you for coming on, chatting with us tonight, mate. I know we'll, we'll try to do this last year, but um, I'm glad we've kind of waited. We've got a bit more substance to, to ask you about. Uh, we have a little saying here on Ruin Hammer that those who have played for our club are forever and always. And you, Kevin Campion, uh, regardless of where you've played, you're forever and always Warrior 86 to us, mate. So thanks very much. And um, we look forward to catching up with you round 25. Where we'll be both there for the uh, Gold Coast game. So I hope you'll be there too. Good on yeah. you, boys. Really just want to say it's a real honour to chat with you, and yeah. uh, thanks for sharing all those stories with us. It's always <laughs> fantastic. And whenever, whenever anyone is talking about the the greatest warriors of all time, your name is always mentioned, and you're forever etched in warriors history. So we yeah. appreciate you giving us your time tonight. Yeah. Good on you, boys. Appreciate it. No worries. Thanks, Campo. Right. Yeah, lads. Thanks, Cheers, mate. mate. Have a good one, Cheers. mate. You too, mate. Thanks, buddy. Cheers. Yeah. Fuck. Oh. <laughs> oh. You're blown away by some of these stories that come out. No, every time every, we get every on, time, mate. every time we get someone on, we, uh, you know, thanks everyone for for joining in the conversation too. It's we feel we feel very lucky and very fortunate that we're able to um, get in contact with these guys and, and get them on here for you guys to uh, listen to their stories and, and ask them questions uh, as well. Yeah, thanks for all the contributions and for the questions that yeah. come in. Like, we, we want to chat with these guys because we know that you guys would like to chat with these guys as, as well. Yeah. It's as we always say, it's by the fans for the fans. So, yeah, absolutely um, we appreciate that. <laughs> TK says he's a happy man listening to what he caught. Thanks, TK. We appreciate you, bro. Um, absolutely, TK. Yeah. You're a champion, mate. Ruben says, "How did they not extend his contract?" Yeah, I I was like... shocked by that when I heard that. I just I had just assumed that he had moved on to go home but I, i'm, I'm blown away too. i'm blown away by that um yeah. same as same as when we spoke to ruben wiki and they said that the club had decided to, to part ways and you look back on it and it was just a mistake at the time because we we had that one good season at 03 but then we just yep. sort of fell off the cliff didn't we so yeah because when i was doing my research to try and you know find i get all the information i could and you know try and get the wording of the questions right and get some interesting yeah. information from him um there was nothing about why he left the warriors and went to the Cowboys. So yeah, I just assumed it was yeah. two year deal uh, done and dusted. He just wanted to go home and, and finish at the, at the Cowboys. But hey, uh, hey mate, why did we let him go? Yeah, why did we let him go? <laughs> he's one that we should never have. Absolutely. Uh, abs As we said there, he's an absolute legend of the club. Uh, we know he only played the, the two seasons, but they were two of the most pivotal seasons in the club's history. Yeah. He was tough, uncompromising. He epitomizes the player that we always say we need to recruit. Uh, hard-nosed Australian. He was the Absolutely. original. So, and you know, yeah. speaks about his time um, so so fondly. Uh, yeah. As as all everyone that's ever played for our club, like Michael Luck, uh, Justin Murphy, these Aussies that that came over and played at the at the Warriors have always spoken about how how much of a wonderful experience it was for them. Um, but yeah, I I just yeah I'm in awe of of. Um, these guys he was always a, a favorite of mine um oh yeah uh, and, and, and to be able to connect with him and, and get him on the show and, and have a chat to him and that is it's just been um 
just been wonderful. You know you're doing the right thing. I mean, this is probably a bit of a, a ego thing for us, but when we were at Magic Round, we were um, we, were, we we got thanks to Jazz Tavunga, we got tickets in um in the family section. We were Jazz's family for the day, and yep. uh, Campo was doing a, an interview for somebody, and he, he's walked past and he, he was talking to somebody, and we've gone down to the fence, and he's turned around, he's looked at us, he's gone. Ruin Hammer. Ruin Hammer. And, yeah, yep. Come over and had a had a chat. So um, yeah, it's 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 nice that um, some of these guys are uh, recognizing um, you know the stuff that we're doing for the club as well. I guess so. Yeah. Awesome, uh, legendary bloke. Speaking of the club, we have a game this week. We do. We got a we got a few things to quickly go through. Yeah, uh, stay, stick with us for probably another fifteen minutes, and yeah, uh, we realize it's it's been a long one, but it's been worth it. Yep. Um, we're, we're lining up against the Dragons this Friday night at Central Coast Stadium. Unfortunately, no crowds due to the COVID situation. Correct. The team, the team lineup is as follows. Uh, RTS back at fullback. Uh, DWZ, uh, Dallin Watani Zelazniak making his debut for the club on one wing. Um, Ed Cozzi is being named on the other wing, number five. Centres Pompey, Montoya, Harbs, Nicarima and Chad Townsend returning to the club. Yep. Um, could see him get a start. Uh, Fanua Blake, Kane Evans of the props, Egan back in at hooker. Katoa, Murdoch Masilla, the second row, Tohu Harris locking the scrum. And the interchange bench, Jazz, Elisa Namau, Bunty Afoa, Bailey Sirinan. Extended bench consists of uh, Rocco Berry, who we suspect may come into the starting side. Uh, the merchandise, Jack Murchie, happy birthday during the week, mate. Yep. Uh, Taniella Otokolo and Sean O'Sullivan rounding out the extended reserves there. Yeah, interesting. Uh, both um, Josh Curran and Ewan Aitken unavailable due to COVID isolation. I, I did speak to Josh Curran yesterday uh, and he's not climbing the walls as yet. Um, they're doing okay. Uh, basically, they were up at the cent- uh, the Gold Coast last week for the Warriors week off. A lot of the boys went home to New Zealand. Um, so Curran and Aitken uh, went up to the Gold Coast and on their flight coming back from the Gold Coast. So That's your them. luck. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, unfortunate. Would have loved to have seen both of them in the lineup, but uh, not to be. As you said, Townsend and DWZ rushed into the lineup, giving us some much-needed experience. Um, extended bench with Barry Murchie and Otacolo. I'm of the opinion that uh, if Barry passes a fitness test later in the week for that dodgy hamstring, he'll come in and Costi will probably drop out. Oh, I agree. Yeah, uh, and yeah, Murch. And Otacolo will probably remain on that extended bench until game day with one dropping off and the other mm. more than likely becoming 18th man. Um, for me, Townsend's a great uh, acquisition for this part of the much, season. Much needed to come yep. at this point in time. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I know he was playing reserve grade at the Sharks, but that was mainly because he wasn't in their, um, their plans for next season and he had yep. signed to go to the Cowboys. Uh, does give us... Um, some much-needed pressure off Cody right now, and and uh, Townsend can can be that game manager that we need. That, uh, plus, right. I, I'm expecting that he's going to bring a much improved kicking game too. Uh, yes, yeah, he's got a strong kicking options. game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, other games this weekend, Thursday yeah, night, we've got the Roosters up against the Storm. This one's being played at McDonald Jones Stadium, uh, Newcastle, due to the COVID situation. Yep. Uh, for the Chookies, we've got Tedesco and Crichton back in from Origin. Uh, Sam Walker returns from injury. Joey Manu back to the centres. Sam Beryls comes back <laughs> at hooker um, after having that injury last year, wasn't it? The ACL. Yeah. Um, uh, our old mate Adam Kieran on the bench and the American college quarterback from Omaha, Nebraska, Fletcher Baker, returns his spot <laughs> on the bench. 
Yeah. Uh, the Storm. Still no sign of Ryan Pappenhausen. So uh, I think they're still giving him a few weeks after he got knocked senseless in that uh, the Magic Round game. Uh, Nico Hines still at fullback. Munster, Welch, and uh, Kafusi uh, backing up from Origin. They'll be looking to make amends. Uh, Sasquatch and Baby Bigfoot. And Jesse and Kevin Bromwich named to return from injury. And the HBK Aaron Booth <laughs> named on the bench. Fresh from having his long locks chopped off. Yeah, he has. He has. Um, the Pappenhausen one's interesting. I noticed on social media he posted something the other day. He probably won't be back till at least round 20. So he's still probably mm. another four weeks away. So um, Storm really taking some precautions with that head knock, uh, that you HIA. Yeah. Uh, for me, that game, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick the Storm in a close one, one to twelve, mate. I'm going to. I think uh, I'm going to go Storm thirteen plus. To be honest, okay. um, they, they're looking. They're looking the goods. So I uh, expect a strong win from them. The uh, Friday night game. We're the first game. Warriors versus Dragons, mm-hmm. Central Coast Stadium. Uh, as Rob said before, there is no crowds uh, at any uh, Sydney-based games this weekend. Uh, Reese Walsh missing via injury, an injury picked up in uh, origin uh, camp, um, which enabled Ronaldo Molitano to not play origin. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, Aiken and Curran not considered due to COVID, as we said. New mid- mid-season signing, Townsend and DWZ, uh, made, uh, named to make their season debut and club debut, respectively. Uh, Wade Egan returns from injury, which I think is a massive in for us. Mm. Um, RTS back to his much-preferred fullback position. Merchberry and Otacolo named on the bench. For the Dragons, Mac Dufty returns from uh, injury uh, from the last game. Yeah. Uh, The Silverback, uh, Michaeli Ravalawa, is suspended for four weeks, uh, which means that um, old warrior himself, Jared Bill, moves to the wing with Braden Villiarmi named in the centres. Uh, Sims and McCulloch both named to back up from origin and Josh McGuire returns on the bench. Uh, mate, I'm feeling confident. Uh, I, I am picking the Warriors 13 plus. I'm going to pick Warriors in a heart stopper by four. Ooh, okay. Interesting. And uh, the second game on Friday, a uh, massive game here actually, Parramatta uh, pa- Panthers versus Eels at Blue Bet Stadium. Yeah, it's a shame that this is going to be played in front of no crowd. Yes, exactly. Um, Dylan Edwards is out for the Panthers. Uh, <laughs> your mate, Charlie Shitstain's named at fullback. <laughs> Nathan Cleary ruled out through injury. Yeah, the, the yeah, that's, cyborg. that's the big one. The cyborg, the cyborg. has been damaged. And yeah. As I said to you during the week, he's been returned to Skynet for repairs. He has. Cyberdyne Systems 101. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> Matty Burton named to partner Luai and the Harbs. So, mate, that's that's. It's pretty handy when you can bring a player of his ability and class in. Absolutely, the there. Um, the, the world's slowest half, Tyrone May, uh, becomes the world's slowest centre this week. <laughs> uh, Capewell, Yao, Martin, and To'o all backing up after Origin, and for the Eels, one to thirteen unchanged, unchanged from their previous game, and Junior Paulo backing up from Origin. Cartwright and Oregon Kafusi named on the Eels bench. Um, I think this will be much cl- with Cleary being out. I think this is, is going to be a big factor. Um, I, I expect the Panthers to win a yeah, fairly close one. Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting the Panthers to win it. It's going to be two things. It's going to be uh, see how Jerome Luai steps up and, and takes yeah. control of this Panthers side in the absence of Cleary. It also is Mitch Moses's um, audition. audition for origin really, isn't it? Uh, you know, he's the, he's the one that they're talking about that'll probably get the nod for Origin. If he gets outplayed in this game, 
then they may look at uh, Adam Reynolds or, you know, even surprise, surprise, Nico Hines might come in for the halves in that um, Origin Arena. So, uh, yeah, going to be interesting to watch. I, I think the Panthers 1-12, to mate. Um, Saturday, first game on Saturday, the uh, Canterbury Bulldogs versus the Sea Eagles at Bankwest Stadium. Uh, the Bulldogs missing uh, Nick Kotrick, Aaron Shoup, uh, Adam Elliott and Dylan Napa uh, through injury and COVID restrictions. Uh, a couple of the boys uh, breaking COVID protocols and not being able to play. Corey Allen returns from injury on the wing. Young fella Kiko Manu named to make his debut in the centres. Uh, Kyle Flanagan, the scarecrow, Kyle Flanagan, uh, named to make his, uh, his return in the halves. Uh, Jackson Topine named in the back row. A couple of new debutants on the bench in Bailey Biondiodo and Chris Patolo. Uh, they've obviously got a and, – and Felico, uh, Manu, they've obviously got a lot, a lot of O's uh, happening over at the Bulldogs there. Oh, yes. Um, Seagulls, turbo named to back up again after origin. It remains to be seen. Uh, Mad Dog Lawton and Olika Artu keep their starting back row positions. Sean Kepi named at lock. Jake Turbo still out injured. Uh, mate, I can't see anything but a manly victory and a, a, a 13 plus manly plus by smashing. Yeah, manly by plenty. Yep, that uh, brings us to the Raiders and the Titans at GIO Stadium. Uh, Captain uh, old frowny face Jared Croker named to return from injury. Yep, and this is the this is the only change to the lineup from last week. Um, Big Puppy backing up after Origin and uh, Croker's re- return forces Matt Tomoko onto the extended bench for the Titans. AJ Brimson, Corey Thompson, uh, named to return from injury. Tino and Fafita, disappointments uh, on Origin level, I must say, uh, named yeah. to, to back up after Origin. Uh, so they'll be looking for a big game. Uh, our old mate Sam Lasone returning from injury. Jaden Campbell named on the extended bench. Um, and Philip Sami holding his spot on the wing. Greg Mazu not named uh, the Donster. Anthony Don named uh, on the Gold Coast for some uh, board short shopping this week. Yeah, he's not leaving. He's not leaving uh, the Gold. He's not going to Canberra, mate. He's he doesn't like the cold weather. It doesn't suit board shorts. No, it so does he's... not board shorts weather. So yeah, yeah. why go? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I think the I think a couple of teams that are are both well and truly out of form, but I think the Raiders left too much class here and we'll get away with this one. Mate, I love that Raiders pack. Um, You know, they've got Elliot Whitehead. um, They've got Ryan Sutton, uh, Corey Hattawila-Naira starting. That that back three of the Raiders is is massive with Tarpany coming off the bench. I can't see anything but a Raiders victory. Uh, The Titans just... You know, have, have shown in the past they can score some points, but fuck, they can leak them as well. Uh, yeah, no, right. None more so than the, the 48 points they leaked against Manly in the second yeah. half. Uh, probably the only thing that the Titans have got going for them is that the Raiders struggle with second half points. Um, but I still think the Raiders will get up uh, in a close one, 1-12. One to 12. Mm. Uh, Next game is the Knights versus the Cowboys. Uh, second game at McDonald Jones Stadium, and one of only a few games that are going to have crowds this week. At 50% um, capacity, I believe. Uh, yeah. Castle area, yeah. Uh, Kalen Ponga returns from injury, named at fullback. Uh, Predator Circa 2021, Dominic Young named on the wing. Uh, Pearson Clifford named in the halves after such a great showing together against us the other week. Oh, yeah. uh, an impressive, impressive pack of the SAF twins named up front with uh, Fitzgibbon Barnett and Suas Tusu. Clemmer and Watson named on the bench. Uh, Sex Toy, the big loser this week. He's not named. He's, he's put back in the top of the cupboard and hidden from the children. He's an un- unpopular sex toy this week. He is. He's not yeah. wanted. Um, 
for the Cowboys. Uh, interesting with the Cowboys this week because um, they've named their team list. So Toddy Payton's named Holmes, Felt, and Molo to back up after Origin. They've still got speed on their left edge with uh, Tabuai Fido and, and Tuolungi. He's not the hammer, mate. I'm the hammer. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, the little hammer. You're the big yeah. Dearden and Drinkwater in the halves. Big units, Hess, McLean and Tal Malolo named in the middles. But the Cowboys have now stopped their training this week. All their players have been sent to get COVID tests. And coach Toddy Payton is now yes. in 14-day isolation, which means Dean Young will probably be taking the reins this weekend. Another bald-headed man rocking yep. the beer. <laughs> uh, with, even with the amount of uh, disrupt, disruption, I'm still going to back the Cowboys in in a, in a close one. Yeah, I think I think so as well. The Cowboys have looked have looked the goods at home, um, so I'll, I'll back them in a close one too. And Toddy, if you're short of something to do there, if you're a bit loose, then give us a call. We'll have another chat. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> actually, yeah, we might do that. We might see if Toddy wants to come on the show uh, in the next two weeks and uh, have a yeah. chat about Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, brings us on to the poor old Broncos. And I saw today they lost four. Four players at training to a, Mate, to a bit of a mishap. It was it was clickbait story because it said four first grade stars. Yeah, four first grade <laughs> stars, and then the stars were Carmichael Hunt. Um, who was it? And, ins- and insert three other names. Here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the young kid that plays in the back row. Uh, Albert Kelly and somebody else. I just looked at the comments on Facebook, and it was all like stars in inverted yeah. commas. Anyway, Altesi New keeps his fullback spot. Uh, Jermaine Asako and Corey Oates are back from the selection wilderness to be named on the wings. Katoni Staggs, a big in for them, returns from injury for his first yep. game of the season. Brody Croft <laughs> holds the winning ticket in this week's halves lottery. <laughs> so he will partner Tyson Gamble. Is there any combination they haven't tried yet? This well, just might I've, be the final one. I've got a theory. I've got a theory. I think Kevy has six straws. And he hands them out like this at training, and whoever are the two short straws are, they're the they're the halves. All training. right, halves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, TC Rabuddy uh, named to start in the back row. Payne Haas backing up from Origin. Milford with second place ticket, as we've just established in the halves. Yep. Halves uh, lottery named on the extended bench, so he may get a reprieve there. Carmichael unsurprisingly dropped after his. His three-touch game, yes. Yeah, that was um, good. Three really good touches, though, I must admit. But that was three, the three sublime touches, of course, yeah. yes. And for the Sharkies, Connor Tracy, Connor Tracy named hold his spot on the wing, even with Satoni, uh, Sione Katoa, the tri-machine from last year, lurking in the wings in the extended bench. Uh, the human origin headline, Ronaldo Mulatalo, easily my favourite player, yeah. uh, named on the bench. And uh, Britton Nakora, Talakai, and Rudolph as the back three forwards. But it's it's. I think this will be a little bit close. I mean, we keep saying the Broncos can't keep going as badly as they have been. Um, but the Sharks are in a bit of form at the moment, so I'll back them one to twelve. Yeah, uh, I'm expecting a big game from uh, Sean Johnson this weekend. You'll you know, uh, you'll see him playing with a smile on his face because he knows he only has to wear that ridiculous blue, white, and black jersey for another ten games, yeah, uh, and it. then he can be out of that. Um, that uh, Shire area uh, and head back to the uh, beauty of, um, of Auckland, New Zealand for next yeah, season. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, mate, I, I think the Sharks will uh, win a close one, uh, one to 12. Uh, which brings us to the last game of the round, which is the uh, uh, the mighty West Tigers versus the Rabbitohs at Leichhardt, <laughs> Leichhardt Oval. And this is going to be a strange one to watch on TV, an empty Leichhardt Oval. Yeah, uh, it's not the same, will it? No, nah, it's criminal. It's absolutely yeah. criminal. Um the Tigers 
Sorry, Carl. The only team not affected by not affected by Origin selections uh, yeah. this time around. Uh, Addy, Adam Dewey named to return from injury. Uh, Tommy Talau out. Uh, Uto Kamanu, Sean Bloor, Thomas McKayley, and Offa Hengawi named on a big-bodied bench. I like. I do like their their bench. Yeah, it's a big, a huge. Um, yeah. South, uh, Mitchell, Cook, Arrow, Gagai, and Murray all named to back up after Origin. Uh, New South Wales 19th man and serial killer Campbell Graham uh, named in the centres. Uh, Harme Sele uh, named at, in the front row within um, a bit of a surprise, I think, when you've got, uh, what's his name? Sully. Liam Knight sitting on the bench yeah. there. Um, and Benji Marshall named on the bench to return after his uh, short hiatus uh, with wife Zoe as they welcome their uh, second child and a daughter mm. into the world. Um, as much as it pains me to say this, I think it's going to be a South victory, uh, and I, I, I think it'll be 13 plus. Sorry, Carl. Um, it's all right, mate. It's all, right, mate. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, sorry, Carl. I'm gonna to have to agree anyway. Moving on, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the, the round review. Uh, just a reminder, a uh, bit, bit strange at the moment. Round 16, we've got the Dragons at Central Coast, no crowds. And then round 17, we've got the Sharks at Net Strata Stadium, no crowds. Yeah, uh, at this stage, the next lot of crowds will be when we play the Panthers in round 18 at Central Coast Stadium. Uh, tickets are on sale now, but um, if you're smart, you'll hold off uh, unless you buy the tickets mm. with the uh, insurance so you can get a, a refund. But yeah, I, I would hold off and just wait to see how all this COVID um, stuff happens over the next yep. couple of weeks. Um, and aside from that, mate, uh, next Tuesday, uh, we're very excited uh, after after such a great chat tonight with um, yep. Kevin Campion, uh, the champion. We we will be welcoming Steve Price to the to the show next uh, next Tuesday. Uh, which one is Warriors be... legend to another. Oh, mate, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so lock that one in. Um, uh, oh. <laughs> Millie Robinson with the, uh, she says, there's no point in the Tigers fans showing up to Campbelltown anyway. They're going to get thrashed. Sorry, Juan. <laughs> Millie blocked. <laughs> <laughs> and Millie is blocked. <laughs> um, uh, guys, yeah, don't forget, if you have missed the chat today or did miss some of it, you can always catch up with it on Facebook. Um, follow us on Instagram. We're uploading stuff all the time on YouTube and also on all the podcast platforms. If you miss it, you can watch it. You can listen to it again on our Spotify, Apple, Google, Breaker, and um, iHeartRadio now. Yeah, we're well. on iHeartRadio now, mate. Radio um, Direct. Yep. So, uh, yeah, uh, what a fantastic show. Um, Brilliant. Yep. We really didn't get to review Origin, but uh, we, we're going to do fine. It. That's fine. Let's just move on. No need. Nothing to see here, guys. <laughs> Mate, we're, we're going to do a full origin review after game three uh, on the Thursday night. And the the actual date escapes me at the moment, but we're going to have um, our good mate from Warriors NRL Fanatics, Christian Catley, uh, join us on that show. And we're going to discuss all things Warri- uh, origin yeah. uh, leading, and leading into our, I think that leads into our round 18 clash against uh, the Panthers. So we can get his, his thoughts on... Um, on that game as yeah, well. Yeah, where, where he thinks opinions the game will be won yeah. there. Yeah. We're getting opinions yep. and his thoughts on what's happening. Yep. Um, aside from that, uh, thanks everyone for watching. Uh, make sure you tune in and watch some footy over the weekend. Um, go the Warriors. Go the Warriors indeed. Yep. Uh, much neat, but big game, have to win. So <laughs> let's leave nothing in the tank. Go get them, boys.
Absolutely. Thanks, everyone. See you next Thanks, week. Thanks, guys. Cheers. See you, mate. See you, bud. See you.